You're listening to the Did You Hear Show. Yo, yo, yo. Morning, folks. Here it is. With your host, Jason Garvey. Yo, yo, yo. What's happening, folks? Welcome back. Today I'm joined by my co-host, Jay Farrell, to me right. Jay, what's happening? Not a whole lot, brother. How are you? Not too bad. And on the left, we have Martin on the decks. Martin, what's happening, brother? Okay, lads. What's the story? And I guess today is the one and only Sparky. What's happening, man? Absolutely stitched up here. <laughs> <laughs> Come here. I'm gonna jump straight into it. So I was texting um, I was texting a friend of ours, and he said you're very nervous coming on the show. Is that true? Uh, I like, definitely own my comfort zone, but I wouldn't <laughs> say that someone knows that I'm very nervous. He goes by the name of Jamie Conroy. He texted me last night. He said, "I fucking shitting yourself." <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> so tell us what you're nervous about. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm nervous now. To be honest, I wouldn't say I'm nervous. Uh, I'm definitely on my comfort zone. Mm. I think I talk. Uh, I do a lot of coach education. You know, working for the association, and uh, a lot of time I'll be telling coaches about stepping outside their comfort zone and. You know, you only grow outside your comfort zone and stuff like that. This, for me, is definitely outside of that comfort zone. And is that what... Martin, just hear his mic up to top volume, will you? Uh, blue, he is. Um, is that what led you to do it then, just to step out of comfort zone? Like? Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Look, you asked me, so that was the first reason why I said I'd do it. Um, ah. Definitely wasn't coming looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> ah. But, uh, no, nice. definitely, look, it, it's, it's something that... Uh, as I say, I'm always sort of preaching, so you got to kind of practice that. And uh, for me, it's just an opportunity to be outside that comfort zone, do something that you know I've probably not really done before. So, would well, public speaking, sorry, Jay, would no, public no, speaking would. not be something that you would have been used to do with your line of work? Oh yeah, no, public speaking, no problem. In a room of people, uh, no problem. And in in probably two or three minutes' time, this will be no problem. Yeah. Um, but just the whole idea of sitting the camera in the studio, and microphone and all camera. Uh, being told a half an hour ago that's live and, and <laughs> stuff like that. I thought you knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I genuinely thought you knew. If it makes and you feel better, Sparky, I'm looking at the cameras, mate, and you look great. On thanks, it. pal. Appreciate that. <laughs> but look, you had no problem being on the vlogs. You fucking never got out with them fucking things. So you love the camera then. So I thought this would be a piece of cake for you. Yeah, no, that was that was a different life. <laughs> that was a different life. <laughs> oh, stop, right, so Sparky. I guess we'll fucking start from the start. So obviously. How I know you, you grew up on the same road as me as kids. We were fucking... Yeah, what the fuck was that? Holy shit, that was loud, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we grew up together. Um, probably my best friend for fucking years. But what I wanted to start off with, lads, and this is something I want to say to you, is, right? This is how soon Sparky was kind of... Like, Sparky is known for, you know, being in a pure routine, like, do you know what I mean? Having everything in place, real organised. He's been like that for years, right? And here's where to start. Tell me if I'm wrong. You probably aren't even going to trigger this, right? But me and Ian, every time we finished school, first thing we done, we threw our bag in and we ran up enough for Sparky. We'd be left waiting outside for 10 minutes, at least, sometimes 20 Every time we knock up, and we know that we're going to be left waiting outside, but we still go up straight after school and knock on his door. The cunt was structured. He had to watch Barney. (laughs) And there was no if buts about it. Even if it's an episode he had already seen, he had to watch Barney. And it was like, Sparky, come on, you can watch Barney later. No, he had to watch fucking Barney. It's mad that you said it, right? Because 
obviously me and Sparky were due to go to uh, Florida for Wrestlemania oh too long but even at that oh oh, too long no 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 but like that and it it is very well done because we had hold on hold on hold on hold on Jay technical difficulties Martin is the audio showing up on OBS Um, we can actually moving up yeah yeah Um, what def- what technical difficulties is it? I don't know, Megan. What's the issue there? Is it because it's dark or because the light is off? Maybe. Um, it could be. Megan, let us know. Sorry, Jay. I didn't mean to cut across. I just wanted to make sure that we didn't oh, fucking yeah, go halfway nasty. through the episode with something being wrong. Uh, Megan, let us know, or anyone else, let us know if any anyone's having any issues there. It seems to be okay in Ireland. We're a bit snooker at the minute now, aren't we? Yeah. Just, just I, I hate. I do. We get pure paranoia. She's probably winding me up because she knows how we am at this stage. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, come on, Jay. Sorry. No, we would just have like it, it was all very well organised. Do you know what I mean? So it's mad that you said like he has routine because I noticed that from when we were obviously going, going to go, we had it like, literally mapped out what we were gonna do. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So one day, obviously, we we're doing the. What was it parts. called? No, itinerary is it? An itinerary, wouldn't it be? Yeah. Like, but yeah, it was all very well mapped out. Like so, like fucking Universal and all studios one day, fucking this water park, whatever. And then we go to the Hall of Fame, and then we we'll do something that day, and then we we'll go to WrestleMania that night or something. Yeah, yeah. But it was very well laid out. I know he's always said it. Yeah, he's always been like that. Jay, like. You need that structure in your life because when we were on video call today at like four o'clock, you were still in bed. <laughs> yeah, true story. <laughs> you need that structure, mate. Martin, you yeah, actually. We had, had a rough night last night, Martin. Um, oh, thanks you to you. <laughs> yeah, Sparky, we have a we have a few funny stories um as kids. I mean we got up to some mischief. One being, um, tell me if you remember this one. So there was a time we hung around my brother as well, Ian, yeah? Right. Mean and Sparky, that was the trio. Clancy ended up entering later on. Wrecked our head, we just let him join in. Come on, Starley. But um <laughs> there was a time where we were fucking I don't know what we were fixing we used to we had a bike shop. Where we used to charge people for fixing their punches on their chains and all. Out me ma's back, we had it. I think we wrote on cardboard saying bike shop and all. And we used to charge people to bring their bikes and we used to fix them. Little entrepreneurs, I think I think Sparky had two or three bikes in his garage and we went over to get them. And I think, I don't know, it was a you that put that hand... I said, what's this? Basically, I'm, I'm blaming you anyway because it looks better if it was you. But th- <laughs> there was a wheel and there was an envelope in the wheelbarrow. And Sparky opens the envelope and sees a shitload of money, right? I'm talking, it was the goods of £500 easily, right? And he just looked at us and we all started jumping, we all started jumping up and down with excitement. You know, fucking fuck, you had to find the 500 Not for one second did we think Sparky's dad probably owns that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he was literally just after getting his, um, his garden done or something, wasn't he? I don't remember the context of it. I remember the wheelbarrow. I remember the envelope and I remember the reaction. <laughs> I do not remember the context around. I couldn't even tell you why we were messing around with wheelbarrows or what the, what the crack was. No, but there. I think that's what it was. I think we were just passing by the wheelbarrow in the shed with the bikes. We were putting the bikes back after fixing them or something. But we found... So we just come across a water cash. Yeah, a water cash, right? And we're all excited as fuck. We're all buzzing. Like I said, not for one second did we think this might be Sparky Star's money. Not for one second did we think that, right? So... <laughs> We're all fucking buzzing. And Liffey Valley was open about six hours, I'd say. It had only opened, right? I don't know whether... Martin, you probably remember, Jay. You're probably a bit too young. Do you remember? He's only two years older than me. I know, but no, th- th- that's, it was probably only there for two years. I remember years. Liffey Valley. Do you oh, remember yeah. Quicksilver? Yeah. yeah you I do, do you? Yeah. Right, sorry, Jay. Do you remember the Warner Brothers shop? You could go in and just play in it. I don't... I'll get to that story next. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... 
we went up, spent fucking Jesus, God knows what. What age would we have been? I'd say I've I've got to be I've got to be eleven plus because. You wouldn't have been allowed to fill you out. We were oh, only no. around 11, 12 when it opened, weren't we? Uh, I could be younger than 11 now saying that. I don't know if I was living with my father in, in Oldfield at the time or not. Um, so I'm going to say 10 or 11. I was, so that puts you two years older than that. Mm. So you should have had more sense than me. <laughs> you should have back. <laughs> I, I just jumped on the opportunity with cash. But basically, we went off to Liffey Valley Lads, right? And I swear to God... We were like fucking celebrities. At least that's what we thought we were, right? We went, we went in. I don't know. I think it was JBB Sports at the time. It wasn't JJB. Yeah, something like that. We went in. We all bought brand new tracksuits. Didn't even put them in the bag. We put them on us straight away. Went over to Quicksilver, which is basically a, a fake jewellery stand in Liffey Valley. And I think we spent about... £200 between us all on fake jewellery and we were walking out with sovereigns and rings new tracksuits loads of bags and we thought we were a dog's bollocks walking home until we realised we had to walk through Hurland <laughs> then we're like fuck that this will get that's w-. not a fucking easy estate to walk through when you're flexing not when you're a kid either we <laughs> used to get punched around because we were from the private estates you know what I mean yeah, so gosh. I just remember snapping because I got fucking oil on me bleeding brand new tracksuit um, jumping the Colquitt Wall which was the the next route that we had to go it was either Hirlan get punched around or get in some form of fight or get a bleeding little rat boiler or a bleeding rat boiler <laughs> <laughs> the cats in Hirlan chased you for fuck's sake that's how bad it was the right? or else it was the Colquitt so we used to take the Colquitt route, uh, route so when we come back up all our bags are fucking sovereigns feeling like we're 50 pence image of Mocor and uh <laughs> All of us walk into to our gaffs. My dad straight away, you robbing bastard. Where the fuck did you get that money? Me and Ian got punched around. We found it down in the park. We found it down in the park. We went off to Sparky. Sparky's dad was fucking calm as you like. Not about it. We, we, we just find the money. We found it down the cocoa. Go on, I'll let you down the rest. I just, I just remember, you're right, he was, he was as calm as, as you like, but he made us walk through a step by step <laughs> exactly where we walked. Exactly where we found the money, what colour envelope it was. Every, he knew well that it was his money, it was his envelope, and that it was from the shed. And we done our best to convince it was down here in the park, and we walked this way, and Jay went here, and I done this, and then this happened. And and was it a brown envelope? No, it was a white envelope. It was a white envelope. <laughs> so the envelope was brown. You know the brown envelope with the little see-through fucking yeah, the window in it. Yeah, the little window in it. And then as soon as like me and Ian were there when Sparky was being quizzed about it, and me and Ian were kind of just you know expanding on Sparky's yeah. answers, Sparky, no, no, it was we, yeah, it didn't have a window either. There was no window, <laughs> definitely no window on it. Pure something you'd see in an American film that they're trying to hide yeah, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. But that's exactly how we were. But in fairness to him, he didn't fucking say anything. No, he, he knew he knew well. He knew well that it was it was his money, um, and, and that it was his it was his envelope. And don't worry, he still he still has it on me to this day. But uh, no, in in fairness to him, uh, he, he let us away with that one. I think. Was Jay the instigator and spending the money? Always. Oh, he was yeah. the older one. Yeah, he was the. I didn't get a but Ian was older than me. Nah, 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 nah. You had more sense than him. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not. But um, no, it was gas because he did. He let us slide, like, and I think half the reason he let us slide was because I'm nearly sure the gardeners or the builders that were doing the walk said they lost it. So it wasn't really Fred losing out. 
Right. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think that's more. He why, pocket, like, yeah, I think yeah, that's right, why right. he let us slide, but he definitely questioned it. Look, it, it it's it's kind of only uh, piecing piecing together here to me now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but disclaimer: we didn't know it was anyone else's money. All right? It was just, <laughs> but it was the, just the, money that we found. That's a hundred percent genuine. We didn't, we didn't know, but your, your we also didn't think. No, when you're kids and you find a water cash, what do you do? Go search for who owns it, and you go and spend it. <laughs> in shops, exactly. You know so it's kind of that. Do you want to ask for forgiveness later? You we, know? we went yeah, to pictures. Yeah, yeah. We fucking, like, go on the pictures you back up. out, basically. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> like, go on the pictures for us as kids. Wouldn't have been something we done often at all. Like, McDonald's was probably a once a month. Uh, bear, the no, pictures was probably... McDonald's was birthdays. <laughs> Do you know birthdays. what I mean? I remember when I got my first McChicken sandwich. It was me. <laughs> 11 to 12. Oh, it was me 11 to 12 birthday for years. Like, I don't want a McChicken sandwich meal. No, no, you get the, you get the kids meal. You get the kids meal. <laughs> See, I know he was spoiled. I was about eight damn when I got me first McChicken sandwich. <laughs> other kids are dreaming of playing with United and all. Yeah. And Sparky's dreaming of a McChicken sandwich. <laughs> I just want a McChicken sandwich. But no, that just, like, that story alone sums Fred up. Do you know what I mean? Like, Fred, Fred would have been like a father to me as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. he brought us down to Wexford and, uh, my man would have never had much money. My man that broke up and Fred always. You know, if if I ever ran out of money, he'd always chip Look in, after, and yeah. yeah, always, never question it until I start pissing in his BMW. <laughs> is this another story? <laughs> just, it sounds just, like a euphemism, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, like is this like a <laughs> no, boys? Right, the first time, so Sparky used to go to Wexford all the time, and I used to beg and play to go down, and Fred used to hate me asking could I go down because every time I stayed in the gaff, I pissed the bed, so his head was wrecked thinking. What are you looking at? I was just checking the comments, making sure audio's good. His head was wrecked. Always thinking, this if we bring this little pissy cunt down, it's gonna piss all over the place. You know what I mean? Every time I stayed in Sparky's calf, I pissed myself. But um Why? It, it must have been a nervous thing or something. I pissed the bed up till I was about 16. Honest <laughs> to God. I actually pissed on one of my girlfriends before. <laughs> was she into that, was she? I don't know. That's some Eminem or AK. I, I, just, I just blamed it on being drunk, I think. There was but, a glass um, table between them at the minute. She's just into kinky stuff. But, um... <laughs> I must have clicked something there. Um. Anyway, go on. You are pissing the fucking BMWs. Yeah. So, the, the, I used to beg him to go down and finally... <clears throat> he said, right, we'll bring you down. Get your spend the money and all. I think I went off to him. We were going for three days or something. I said to me, man, Mark, get spend the money. He probably gave me £15 or something. Fred, for fuck's sake. But oh. <laughs> 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 well, we went down anyway. And we pull into this big lovely house. And I'm like, lovely. This is what I can't wait to stay here. And then Fred goes, no, that's not where we're staying. I'm like, where are we staying? He said, down there. I was like, down where? He's like, down there. This thing was literally it's like a duplicate of the fucking father Ted Caravan ah, it was a little bit bigger <laughs> it was a little bit bigger <laughs> slightly bigger literally slightly bigger but not only that it was down a ditch right so it was that off the side of a house off the side of a mansion so you had to go past this big swanky place in order to get to your it was in the big swanky place <laughs> it was in the premises of the swanky place right I, I think your auntie owned that calf did she uh, my father's auntie yeah, yeah so <laughs> he had this little plot of land, right? The smallest plot of land you'll ever see. And the grass was grown out of the roof of the bleeding caravan. He literally had to go into caravan and cut the grass so we could sleep in it. That's how bad the caravan was. What was the Luke's facts, honestly? Uh, Father Ted's one way of putting it. No electricity, no running water. 
the toilet had a hole in the ground that if you if you if you if you went to the toilet, <laughs> God knows what was gonna come up. If it wasn't a rat, it was a board, it was a spider, it was everything. The thing was wrote off. That was actually that at the stage we were going to Wexford and we were staying in that caravan, like that caravan had outlived you know, two families welcomes. Yeah. So it was already should have been long, long gone. But is that gone now? Yeah, yeah, it was demolished. So. It yeah. was demolished, yeah. But it was half the fun. It was half the fun. It was. You know, that was the... The memories we have in that caravan. You get away from, from everything. And even even nowadays, when, when I go to Wexford and you get away from kind of the internet and stuff like that. But back then, like, you were getting away from the television and you were getting away from that sort of stuff because we didn't have electricity, we didn't have a television. So what did you do? You hung out with the roof of BMWs and all sorts of other stuff that we got so, onto, you know? So th- th- this is another story, right? But just mm. while we're on that caravan real quick, like, there was spiders bigger than dogs in this caravan. And I am terrified of spiders. So back to the pissing in the BMW, that's how it ended up happening. I said, fuck am I staying in that caravan? Me bollocks, there's grass growing out with me fucking pillow. There's <laughs> spiders sleeping beside me. Um, there's a hole in the jacks. And the covers were like, uh, you Damp, know, basically, you, you ever leave, you ever leave like a sheet out in the winter and it's freezing and it's just like a brick. You lift the day's covers up and you hear the cracking. Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I said, fuck this, I'm staying in the Bama and forced him down there fucking pissed, all over pissed in his Bama. <laughs> <laughs> Denied it to the ground as well. No, we didn't. I definitely didn't piss. Was it safe to say you weren't invited back? No, he actually. Nah, he was invited all the time. Oh, he was brought come me here. Down, even yeah. even when he stayed in the house, uh, up up in Dublin, he was still like, pissing the bed. Oh yeah, all the time. <laughs> and I wouldn't like I'd be like, yeah, Gary, staying over. Oh Jesus! Like, Get yeah, the spare yeah. sheets out. Wouldn't the, the next morning he wouldn't even say good morning. He'd just lift up the sheets. And have it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fucking scene it's in Big Daddy. Was it just get the newspaper, <laughs> put the bleeding? Yeah. I'm nearly sure the cunt bought a bleeding. You know one of them uh, plastic sheets for me then at one stage. Gary's uh, coming. Yep, get the plastic sheet. <laughs> oh stop fucking I can only imagine like obviously us being parents now if our kids were down I'd be going mad you know what I mean maybe yeah, sleeping that. in a nappy or something around the floors but ba- back to the beamer right so pissed in the beamer I don't know where the fuck like as kids we got up to just mad shit like shit that kids these days just w- wouldn't ever even think of like obviously there was no phones and yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean we just had to use our imagination all the time so Sparky, I'm 99% sure it was his idea. Ah, can we hang out with a sunroof? Ah, fucker, go on, go on, go on, hang out with a sunroof. I'm like, what? So him and his cousin Simon get up on the fucking sunroof, right? Hold onto the sunroof. And Fred's driving down the road, right? So I'm like, right, Fred's driving about 12, they'd be grand. I'm like, I might get up myself, bit of crack, you know? And then I just look at the clock and the clock's just constantly moving up. Now, these are country roads. This isn't like a stray, like in a garden. Yeah, yeah, these yeah, are yeah. country roads. Traffic driving passes and all. <laughs> Traffic driving passes. 60. <laughs> 70. <laughs> 80. No, no, right, Fred, slow the fuck down. You're going too fast. Sparky and Simon, yeah! <laughs> then Fred hits it. <laughs> Fred hits a boom, boom. Ah, Fred! <laughs> the two of them hanging off my dear life on the fucking sunroof of the car. I swear to God, I fucking shit myself, right? 
Simon hanging off. Fred, a sparky grabbing Simon, trying to get him back on. Fred, ah! <laughs> still driving out of Bada Town, didn't give a fuck. Anyway, he finally found sense somewhere along the line. Slowing and he down. goes, start slowing down. My heart was in me throat. I never witnessed that like in my life. I'm like, Fred, you mad fucker. Like, don't do that. <laughs> so the boys are shitting themselves to get back in the car. And then we drive back down to the house. Oh, dad, let's, let's get back on for another minute. I'm like, lads, don't. Don't do it. Two of them get back on again. Fred rips up the fucking gaff, pulls a handbrake and at the top of the road. Sparky comes Flying off it. What did you break your arm or your shoulder or nah, something? No, nah, my ankle. I didn't break it now, but it was it was rightly swollen up. That was, <laughs> that was the end of it actually, because the, the whole time when we went when we came back up to Dublin then, and my ankle was swollen, and he'd be saying about his missus, you know, don't, tell her that happened playing football. Don't tell her that, <laughs> that happened, you know. But if if you go back to that, the, the difference in Fred from start to finish on that, Fred's probably going to come out of this horrifically. Good, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's actually all right. <laughs> but we used to want to sit on the boot of the car. That was the start of it. Right. So the boot would be open and we'd sit in the boot out the back. That was the start. Right. And even that was not safe enough at the yeah. start. You know? <laughs> and then you you push the limits. So I say, oh, we close the boot down, we'll sit on the boot and we'd hang out you know, with our hands behind us. And Fred would be like, no, no, no. Oh, we'd be grand, Fred. Come on, come on, come on. So Fred being Fred, yeah, all right, go ahead. And then we end up at the plate and he, he gets the, the other BMW with the with the sunroof and then what's the next thing you do after going to the on the boot? You get on the roof, you know, and <laughs> it just was one thing to another, but well, I'm fairly certain that it, it ended after his son falls <laughs> off the, the roof after he pulls a handbreaker, you know. Would but, you reckon there was a point where he just sat down there and says, Right, my parenting decisions aren't great at the minute? No, because I wouldn't change that, and I, I don't honestly, think he no, would either. I know, I know. Yeah. Like obviously, there he was just having, like, like he was just having having the crack. He was like yeah, the, the so. cool <laughs> uncle, the cool father, the cool. You know, he was just always trying to push the boat. When all the other parents wanted to just go to the beach or wanted to just go for a drink, he was like, right, what can we do next? You know, we'll rally down the motorway. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. No, but that's the thing. Look, Fred actually taught me how to drive. He taught you how to drive. Obviously, he's old ab down and. Wexford Beach is like Like I mean 11 day years of age Driving a BMW On a beach Not a butter But th- this is what Fred was Fred was like He always put the kids first Do you know what I mean right. He didn't go down To Wexford like The way let's say The parents do now They go down to have a drink And to get a break Like Fred brought us Down to Wexford and it was, your it was, time, like. it was yeah, yeah. always about us Constantly Whether it be Golf which he enjoyed himself um, The arcade Jesus Christ, I can only imagine the amount of money we spent in them. Like, I, was th- I was down there recently and, and dropped 25 quid in 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> 10 minutes. And so we were down, we were down there all summer. Yeah. So I don't know what sort of money he was giving us or how true we, we are with our money. We, ne- we, we, like, we very rarely had to go back to him. No. no. Do you know what I mean? No, yeah. The very odd time. But, like, <coughs> you know, lads, you have kids now. If even little things like Fred bringing us swimming. He used to bring us swimming at least once a week. It'd be like that itinerary that Jay was talking about WrestleMania. It'd be like an itinerary. So yeah. You'd have, you'd have the beach. You'd have no, swimming, but I'm talking body. even in Dublin. Even in Dublin, oh, yeah, he, used yeah, to, yeah. Like, he used to bring us swimming all the time. And yeah. I bring Thailand, swi- Thailand Amelia swimming the all time. And that's a fucking nightmare. I look, get, we already get already. And Fred was doing that with four people off the road. Do you know what I mean? That's good though. It is. It's deadly. It makes for a good, a good childhood. Un- do you know what I mean? Unbelievable. Like, really, like, you're going back to it now. It triggers so many memories. All of my best memories. As a kid, I was sparking Fred. 100% hands down. And I'm going to finish off with this one. 
the funniest moment of my life. Literally, still to this day, I've never had pain so much in my ribs, right? Now, this isn't going to sound one bit funny, by the way, right? <laughs> Sparky had... um. So Sparky originally lived up the road. We, we'll touch on this now after this and start getting into the more serious stuff. Sparky originally lived up the road and then I, I think they bought the house across the road then when the neighbours moved out and he had a spare kind of dining room that there was never anything in it. So we had, you know, the carpet bolts, you know, the green bolts that like felt like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sparky had one of them and we used to play f- proper football in, in his back dining room. Never don't know how we never smashed the windows because I that a carpet ball by the way. It's an indoor football. football. Yeah, yeah. We car- don't like fucking know. <laughs> but anyway, so we used to. Made with this was our little fun realm. Like we used to just play football in there all the time, tennis, whatever. We, that's where we went all the time. And one day I went in. I said, "Oh, me dad always plays this game with me. I fucking I love it. Like it's deadly. We should play it." And he was like, "Go on, explain the rules to me." So I said, "Basically, me and Sparky have to get on our hands and knees." And we just run around on our hands and knees. And you have to try and stand on the edge of our sock, right? And when your sock comes off, you, you lose a life, right? And then we've done it again. And then when your second sock comes off, you're on. So you're, you're chasing the socks next, yeah? So, right, let me get this straight, just for context. Yeah. Right? Everyone here is on their hands and knees. And I have to try and catch you, like, or whatever, to try and get your sock off or something. Right. So you're only allowed to use your feet. Right? So we're all crawling around the hands and knees, yeah, with our socks on. Yeah? Yeah. Let let's so hands and knees, yeah? yeah. We're crawling around with our socks on. You have to let's say get your big toe at the end of my sock. So like that or something? Yeah, and when I go to crawl, my socks will come off. <laughs> what the fuck is right? he was playing? Now listen, this game was the dog's bollocks, right? So it was only me and Sparky, right? And I explained this game to him and he said that fucking sounds stupid, sounds shite, right? Fred is used to hanging out with BMWs and fucking loads of other shit, right? So anyway, me and Sparky have run around literally for about 15 minutes now. 15 minutes not being caught is a long fucking time, right? Yeah. So we're breaking our bollocks and that he can't catch us. And he ends up fucking snapping saying, this game is fucking stupid. It's pointless. It's fucking impossible. I'm not fucking playing. So he goes to Fred. Fred, it's not much. You, you you get down and I'll be I'll be the person on, right? So he gets down and we literally count down from five and he goes running and literally literally within two seconds we had his two I had his two socks off And it was just so funny because he went mad that he couldn't get a fucking socks off and then the literally two minutes into the fucking game we had his both socks off. It was Fucking hilarious. But these are the stupid little stories that we had grown up that I will absolutely <laughs> never forget. And so, they're endless, aren't they, Sparky? Like, there's literally... Can you think of one off the top of your head that stood out? No, I can't. That's fucking... Uh, that's if funny. I go to the caravan, the one that sticks out, I'm not going to talk about games or anything, but the <laughs> caravan and spiders... You don't want to know the games that happened in there. And all that kind of... Well, we used to have this... this actually, we did have a game in, in the caravan where the bed was does, a fold-up bed. Does this include the Skyrim hope? <laughs> no, 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 no. This is going to sound so shady. The <laughs> <laughs> fold-up bed and the Skyrim hope. Sparky doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> No, no, we did, there was a fold-up fold bed in the caravan. Now, this thing was retro. I, I don't even know how it stood up or how it folded up or whatever, but it was basically a really a really small double bed um, that folded up into the closet so that the caravan had some space to live in. Uh, and we used to always challenge ourselves to see how many 
how many people we could get into it oh, yeah, yeah. and close it up at the same time. And no word of a lie, two people nearly came to death inside it. <laughs> well, my father thought that this was great, that we had to beat the world record of how many people could could get inside this fold-up bed in the caravan. But if I, if I say about the caravan, uh, if I'm talking about memories in the caravan and stuff like that, I don't know why we started to sleep in, in the BMW or in the cars, but uh, it was probably around the time of... Uh, you know, we get down to Wexford and there's an awful smell in the caravan. We're saying, what's that bleeding smell? You know, and it's, ah, Fred, that's a country, it's grand. You know, you're grand. I say, no, nah, no, nah, there's something not right in my bed here. And the, the bed was kind of like a little bunk that was, you know, just for everyone to kind why of sit that, you on. You know why that's right at the window in like a caravan? Yeah, yeah, so yeah it's yeah, re- yeah. really yeah. narrow. So you know, I'm, I'm moving the stuff around in the bed. It's just awful smell. I'm checking behind the curtains and, ah, you're grand, you'll be grand. There's no smell. Put a bit of air freshener in there or whatever, you know. <laughs> And Fred would be constantly on to you, like, because you were afraid of spiders or you were afraid of anything, you know? And the caravan had everything living in it. Uh, like, this is the easiest going man you'll ever meet, and you're yeah. constantly moaning, so I reckon it's Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'd go to sleep um, the first night, and I'm saying to myself, there's something not right here. The bleeding smell of this bed. And uh, Fred is constantly going on to me, would you stop giving out about the... And I said, no, no, there's something not right. And I put my head down to the pillow. This is after sleeping on it for one night. Put my head down to the pillow. It's in the pillow, whatever it is. The smell's in the pillow. Fred says, what do you mean? I'm not wrong with the pillow. And he pulls the pillow apart. And inside is a dead, bleeding rat. Who <laughs> <laughs> was at the half-eating itself before it killed itself. It obviously got stuck inside the pillow. Couldn't get out and ended up eating itself away. And I spend the night sleeping on it. And the outlet says, what are you going on about the no-bleeding smell in here? So that's what he gets. Garvey pisses in his BMW for letting us sleep with bleeding rat infested pillows. So if any of have rats, a bit of a breeze to get rid of them. <laughs> oh, is, isn't it mad though, like now, like when you think about it, like so, like the three of us here have kids, like they wouldn't have had anything like that. Not it's nearly. just because of social media and Not technology n- now. Nearly. Like, like I wouldn't have done shit like that, but even like my childhood, the stuff you would, even just the innocence of like going home from school and just straight away going out and knocking for your mates. Mm. Like, you know, if you've seen like fucking a lot of bikes in the garden, oh yeah, like that's what it was. Yeah. Whereas nowadays it's just technology, do you know what I mean? 100%. It's, it's look, unbeaten that, that them days were. All you here know how much I am a fan of technology, <coughs> I love it, but I wouldn't change the childhood oh, yeah. we had. I believe like, it. Like, there was times where we'd literally, like, as we got a bit older, as we got into our teens, we were down in the field playing football from no, like especially during the summer from nine o'clock in the morning and we wouldn't come in till 11 o'clock and literally just football that whole time do you know what i mean and um, once we actually went down to the coco and we actually robbed a goal they had spare goals you know what i mean yeah, it wasn't yeah, yeah. we did we went this is when the astrotope was built was it um uh, yeah, the yeah it would have been yeah but they had spare goals that they weren't fucking using, like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not like we dug up a goal, because I know people around the area used to do that, but we didn't. We actually genuinely took a little bit broken, a little bit bandy, maybe, and we brought her up and we cemented it into the ground and all in the field. I don't know how we done it. We had mad part. I remember we actually done it twice. Yeah, because it got taken done it off twice, from the yeah. council. And it was, about, it was about seven or eight of us carrying it up, the, <laughs> carrying it up Oldfield Avenue and... Putting it into the ground, and I tell you what, the older lads actually helped them yeah, as every, well. Everyone did mad pathos, cavity blocked it into the ground, and we cemented <laughs> it in. And actually, it, it it was that well. The council, the council came to take it down, and we got weeks and weeks. Yeah. Of but that was the force on the one. The force one they took down handy enough because ah, the we force just one went down. It, we'd literally it was just, just sitting in the, the ground. Grass. Yeah. The second so, one we said, nah, they, these fellas are not getting. They're not getting this one. Yeah. And it was as safe as houses, and this thing didn't move. And yeah. the council. 
came along to take it away and they were getting weeks of playing now. There was, every kid in the street was playing. You were out from 11 o'clock in the morning till 6 or 7 in the evening before you went up to Angelo's to get your 3 and 1 or whatever. But oh, yeah, off the ground. That was another... Yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> Six second rule. three and one and just start hey, fucking at by the way, the By the way, kids these days, he says to my stepson to be the other day, he dropped a hot dog and he says, uh, Oh, you were telling me, I was there, yeah. Five second rule, what's that? What do you mean, what's the five second <laughs> rule? <laughs> you get it up and you go and there's nothing <laughs> wrong with him. Anyway, um, <laughs> this this goal that we had, the council come to take it and we're all out on the field, like, you know, like pickets, with with pickets and everything, yeah. It's like... <laughs> Barry Bourne had no piss. Uh, please don't take our gold. Yeah, <laughs> <Gold. laughs> G-O-L-D spell. But they, they were telling us Health and safety reasons or You know we yeah. have to, You can't have this goal It's not It's not safe They couldn't get it out of the ground mm. they, had, they had to cut it Out of the ground And get the JCB Yeah couldn't so get it But with the JCB They tried to lift it yeah, they tried What the job did you do on it? Oh it was what? Oh it was cemented into the ground it was the, the holes were dug about 6 feet under Cavity blocks in the goal sat in the cavity blocks and we just chucked a lot of cement yeah, so in. So basically, the cavity blocks in all the way, there's two squares either yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. So we just, like, I think we put, I think it was five deep cavity blocks and we put the goal like, through that. So the, the goal was a lot lower than what it should have been. Right, okay. Now, take note, the goals are automatically going to be higher because when they put them in genuinely, they're a bit taller anyway. Mm-hmm. But it was a little bit smaller, which was perfect for us because we were obviously smaller as kids. Yeah. And, uh, we just went off to B&Q, Boss Cement and Mad Pato. He, he was, I think he was about 11 then and he had the brain of a 40-year-old man. The cunt could literally build you anything you wanted. <laughs> and we cemented it in and we got fucking months out. But like Sparky said, the JCB came, tried to lift it. That, yeah. The whole fucking, the whole, were you saying something there, Martin? Sorry? No. I don't, I don't know what I, I heard. I heard something as well. Yeah. Um, the whole, gra- like the field was moving up and down. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it was literally, it, it was unmovable. But Sparky, kind of moving on to the serious stuff now. So you started up living in five, was it? Five Oldfield Avenue? Uh, no, no, no. Ten? Started in ten. Ten, sorry, ten. Started in ten, yeah. Right, so you started in ten. And what, what made you move again? I can't remember, but you moved. Like, obviously, me and Ian were his best mates. Devastated. What? I mean, par- the parents split up. So, uh, Father well, st- Fred, Fred, Fred had still owned the house, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. He stayed in town on his own for a little while. Yeah. I moved with my mother to Rolla. Mm, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I moved with her, and then he moved. He uh, either sold the house or rented the house out, and he moved in with his brother. So that that took me out of Oldfield. Then he moved back and bought another house in Oldfield a couple of years later. No, no. He bought a house in Weefield, I remember, first, because well, you were back in Weefield first, weren't you? Well, see, he was... He was they were obviously buying a lot of houses in the yeah. area because that's what they were. That's what they were doing. They were property management. So uh, he, he'd bought a number of properties in Oldfield, Weefield. Uh, mm. He did live in in one facing Weefield Park for a couple of months, yeah. but not for not for anything. But the, the, that, that's where you you start. You came back to that house, didn't you? Or did you just visit him around there? No, I never lived there. Oh, did you not? No, no, right. no. So I moved. I moved to Rolla when I was a commune uh, communion year. Oh, yeah. It was communion year, um, and then moved back in with my father in Oldfield when I was about eleven or twelve. It was in and around the the World Cup two thousand and two. So yeah, so uh, and and this uh, this is mad, lads, right? <coughs> because we we literally completely lost contact with each other, didn't we, for about two years? Like, I'd say, like I still would have been around, yeah, uh, but because because my father wasn't living in in that estate, uh, probably yeah, yeah. Like we, we literally like because we didn't go, we didn't go the same co- school year. Yeah, we were different years. And like, you have this thing, though, don't you? No. I, I might be ch- switching it a little bit, but no, you had this thing where you were like, 
you yourself specifically were so like mentally and emotionally invested in football. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. He wasn't as yeah. much. So and then all of a sudden he comes back. <laughs> yeah. So him and Ian, I used to always say, "Come on, we play football." No, I don't like football. I don't like football. And then after the St. Mark's, obviously the lads in St. Mark's just played, but the Mars just fucked them out the road. I know that. I know that to be true. Um, and then Sparky comes home, with, uh, moves back to Oldfield, and knocks over to me with a football. I'm like, "Tell don't like football." He was like, oh, "I love football now." I'm like. Fucking bastard! I'm not missing out on years of football, and he came back and he was a fucking baller. Do you know what I mean? So that was the start of the football, Sparky. Yeah. Saint Marks. No, it was Roller. Oh, Roller! Roller. Sorry, it sorry, Roller. It was Keith Tomney. That was yeah. He yeah, he would right, be yeah. the one because uh, when I moved from Oldfield, I never had any interest in, in football whatsoever. I was interested in all sorts of things: yeah. skateboarding, you know, whatever, tennis, bleeding, post kid stuff. It's just like, I moved to Roller. Keith Tomney was my next door neighbour. What did he do? He played football. So how do you integrate yourself with as a kid friends, yeah. with new friends? You just do what they're doing. So you play football with him and he was actually uh, joining Liffey Valley Rangers uh, with Froggy. Froggy was the manager. Mm, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, what what do you do? What, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm going up training with Liffey Valley. Oh, can I come? Yeah, go ahead. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, as you say, your, your man just throws you out. Just look after yourself there, play with the traffic and off you go. So you go up to Liffey Valley and you just start playing football, you know, and Obviously, if you enjoy it, you stick around and so be it, you know. So that's where I would have come back to Oldfield then, saying, you know, play football now. Still yeah, yeah. Where chance. did the goalkeeping come? Like, was that just, like, did I you go there, want to be a goalkeeper? No, no, I played Oldfield. Played Oldfield as a kid. You still do that now, don't you? If you're playing Astro, you're I Oldfield. Play, I hate being in goal now. Hate it. Absolutely <laughs> hate it. Can't stand it. But as a kid, I always wanted to play in goal. Even, like, at eight. And I just happened to be half decent Oldfield. And... Froggy, uh, the Granger, the guy would always be like, oh, no, no, we need to play outfield. We need to play outfield. You have to play outfield. And I was like, oh, I want to play in goal. And even in training, I'd always get in goal, you mm. know. And it'd be half decent in goal, half decent out. But just always loved being in goal. And uh, I remember one of, one of the seasons, I don't know, I think the first couple of years, you know, eights, nines, tens, whatever, we were winning everything. We were we were shit hop. We were probably playing in, in lower leagues, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when we got to, like, the top league, we were shit. And we kept getting beaten. So I was like saying to Froggy, just put me in goal. You know, we can't get any worse. Like, you know, I think Such a flex, isn't it? I guarantee you the results turned around and all that. Well, no word of a lie. No, no <laughs> word of a lie. And and Froggy can attest to this because it's 100% uh, true. We we actually played uh, the team that was top of the league. So in our league, they beat us 8-0. Uh, as, as, I don't I say we're under 11s. So I can't remember what age group. It was probably under 11s. So they beat us 8-0 earlier on in the season. But everyone was beating us 8-0. And the game that I played in goal for the first time, we won 1-0. <laughs> and that that was the start of it. That was the first time I played in goal, and and played in goal then for kind of the rest of yeah, playing when I played football. Yeah, yeah. That's so Liffey Valley was our first club, and you stayed there for, geez, you stayed there for about five years, six years. Playing or coaching? Playing. Uh, I played up till U fourteens. Was so it fourteens? Yeah, yeah. So I remember having you were out for a game, and I had to play. Like, and I was, what, what's the age difference between me and you? Two years, I think. Ah, is I think it? we're on a year. What year you born? Ninety three. Ah, two years, yeah. Two years, yeah. I remember I had to play, and I remember just like the the pressure of it. One, because everyone knew how fucking shit how he was in goal, mm. and two, I was two years under. Do you know what I mean? So like, one, I'm not gonna <laughs> play to his levels, and two, there's a high chance I'm gonna get buried about four times in this game. Mm. I hated it. It was an but awful game. Th- th- that was another reason, and I'm like, I'm not taking credit here, but another reason why he got so good in goal was because of the goals we had in Oldfield. Because you think of it, if you have two shorts down, you don't know what's going in and what's not. Yeah. Whereas when we were playing like down there, like 
some days like we'd knock for Clancy Mousy David no one's coming out right me and Sparky will just go down and he'll get in goal because he loved being in goal I love fucking shooting who doesn't love shooting who plays outfield you know what I mean yeah. so Sparky like we didn't see it as training but that's what it was I think I think as well uh, when we were on the field particularly uh, that summer in and around that time we always played with the older lads yeah always so Barry Callahan, Dornan they were, were all Robbie. decent ballers these are all well. quality three four years older than us yeah. you know so you're, you're kind of now in playing in goal against really good players and lads that are older than you and that so it obviously pushes you and, and you've you got a bit of a different test haven't you so and you always got a hard time like if you play a tree which always st- benefited still us, do you know to this day still do if I <laughs> ever get in goal lads are bleeding hammer you you know yeah. <laughs> I mean, fuck off lads but at, at what stage Sparky when you were playing for Leaf Valley because I remember I, I went to see you go for your cup finals like that I can't remember if you were at a lower level I'm nearly sure you were at a decent level um, I remember going out with Fred a few times. All your games were starting to get recorded and all now at this stage. Fred was bringing out his foldable chairs and stuff to the matches. But um, at what stage did you start saying to yourself, Gee, we could fucking make something of this here? Like? Uh, I think we were playing, we were in the South Dublin League, which obviously... Uh, it's not a it, high standard it's not, in reality. Yeah. And the DDSL was shit hot at the time. Obviously mm. the National League is taking over now, but the DDSL was the creme de la creme. We were playing in the South Dublin League. So... Mm. It's it's a much uh, lower bar, but I was playing uh, with the league representative yeah, team that, yeah. a year above my age. Mm. So I think at that stage, I can't remember the exact uh, ages, but I'm going to say the Kennedy Cup, which is the creme de la creme for players playing for their league team. Well, what was that league team called? It. It's just a league team. It's like the SDFL. Yeah, like so yeah. South Dublin Football League. So I think the Kennedy Cup, which is the creme de la creme competition for league mm. teams. Was under tour team, and, and the, the, them matches were they held out with the airport? Really, was it that place? The AUL. Yeah. Ah, they would have been. They would have been all over the place. Yeah. But I would have been playing for the under tour team, uh, South Dublin team when I was twelve. Mm. So I suppose at that stage, then you start to start to think, oh, I'm half, I'm half decent here, just you know, because you're going, you're playing with the league team, uh, and then over time, there's there's interest from you know clubs from England and stuff like that. So you start to realise, right, I'm. I'm fairly decent in goal here, you know, or you think you are anyway. Mm. And at what point, like, did offers start coming in? What was the age range? Like, even, let's just say, in Ireland. Yeah, because uh, a few clubs approached you, I remember, where you turned down a few big clubs playing for Liffey Valley, I remember that as well. Like, uh, like schoolboy clubs here? Yeah, 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 definitely. Like, but there was, was clubs chasing at a very early yeah, age. Yeah, so when I was uh, on the 12s, Playing league representative under thirteens at that stage, then you would have started to have the top DDSL uh, clubs would have been would have been on, and I always said no, I don't want to, don't want to go, don't want to go, don't want to go anywhere. I just want to stay here, want to play uh, with my friends. That's all I want to do, and that kind of happened up until up until I left. And the only reason that I would have left Liffey Valley, two reasons: one, because uh, Froggy made me, mm. and two was Froggy leaving as well though. <laughs> they, 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 I know there was something going on at the club at this stage there was funding you, issues uh, no no you'd, you'd have to ask Froggy the ins and outs uh, mm. my take on it is that he said he was going to leave so I'd leave uh, I don't know the exact but he said look I'm uh, holding you back if you, if you don't here. if you don't leave I remember I'm, all this, I'm stepping yeah. away and the, the team is gone so there was a year before that how good is that though by the way like Ah, he, he's thinking of your, your future in that sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, Granger has, has fucking, a huge part to play in all that's this. That's fucking epic, that is, though. Yeah, you know, look, I, I owe an absolute debt to, to Froggy for, for everything he's done. And even behind the scenes, like uh, when I was younger, like 
he brought me everywhere. He, he picked me up and he dropped me off. He treated you like a son. Yeah, picked me up and dropped me off, brought me to, to league ETP, or uh, representative training, you know, always made sure that you had uh, money in your pocket, always made sure if I needed new gloves, anything at all. He, he, he was your Fred. Exactly, yeah. Because uh, like, you know, well, Fred had no interest in football. Yeah, exactly. You know, like he'd go and to the Granger, matches. I think, I think Granger, that, that's why he took you under your wing more. Because he knew that you were so passionate about it and you didn't have that male figure that was passionate. Because let's face it, usually our dads are into football. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So he probably seen as his fucking, obviously being your coach as well and seeing how good you could be. Yeah, he just want, he wants to give you he wants to give you every every possibility or every chance. But I think as well as all that, I think he enjoyed it. Mm. Do you know? I think he enjoyed being being involved and being there and going to watch everything that was happening and you know seeing one of his players doing well and getting opportunities either one to to move on to to bigger schoolboy clubs or to, to have trials you know across the water or to play at international level or whatever the case may be. So mm. offers did come. Sorry, go on. No, go on, go on. Offers did come in though as well from like. English clubs, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, I had, like, I had, uh, so I had two things initially. Uh, I went to, because I was in the South Dublin League, they had two kind of affiliates. Um, so they, they had an affiliation with Stoke City at the time uh, through the league. So I went twice to Stoke uh, on, on trial over there. Um, and really, like, all of this, we could go into all this for, you know, for the rest of the conversation, but all of it was completely unenjoyable to me going anywhere outside of playing football with my friends you know anything at all outside of just playing See, with Valley didn't I say that to you because mm-hmm. one of the stories I heard because remember growing up like I played at Liffey Valley as well I was obviously two years younger and the stories we'd hear is that like if you were getting offers or whatever it was just you were homesick or something like that or you wouldn't have enjoyed I never turned anything down right, never turned okay. anything down I always always done it but but didn't enjoy it hated it wanted it couldn't wait to come home kind of thing was which none of us could believe either yeah like, because it's <laughs> Like it's, it's like everyone's dream, dream job, yeah. like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, what, was it a case of, like, just how it was set up, the training, like, the different level altogether? Like, were you <sighs> capable? Friends. No. Like it's, It could have been just purely friends, yeah. But like, being, being a coach now, I can completely understand it. Um, You know, and I spoke earlier on about, about being outside uh, your, your comfort, comfort zone and all that stuff. And that that's kind of, like, part of my makeup, you know, that I'm I'm strong. Uh, inside my comfort zone and outside of that then you know you kind of at, at that stage of my life I kind of stayed away from it mm-hmm. you know I just stayed in my own little bubble uh, whereas now like saying doing something like this uh, I'd be more conscious of it and I would be more open to it but at the time I was just like you know I don't enjoy it I don't know these people uh, you, you kind of feel lesser because of where you've come from or, or what you've done and you're always that kind of Big fish in a small pond. Did you feel like everyone there was probably on a different level to you or something? No, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. Like, I, I, I there was there was times where I, I'd gone away and done things and done really well mm-hmm. and thought, yeah, I've done really well here, but just couldn't wait for the final whistle or couldn't wait to get back on a plane home or whatever the case may be. And as a coach now, I can understand all that because young kids, they're all different. You know, one of the one of the greatest pieces of advice that I've ever been told. Um, was you have to know Johnny to coach Johnny. And it's something that I'm so, so aware of now that every single player is different. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We go off script for a second. I don't know if you've seen uh, Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. Right? So in one of the Kung Fu Panda uh, films, or I don't know if there's more than one, but 
they're trying to tra- train. Is, yeah. oh, so it, maybe in the first one, the the sensei or the you know sensei, sensei yeah, him. Sensei. He's trying to he's he's trying to train the. Sensei, him, him, reading bandana, kung fu panda. Image of him, we are. It's something that I always use our reference. You know, he's trying he's trying to train the panda to be to do kung fu. Yeah, but he can't do it. He can't get it. And in the end, he he trains him or he he develops him by using food as the motivation. Yeah. So when we talk about that whole, you have to know Johnny, the coach Johnny, every every single person is different, every individual is different. So for me at that time, uh, I'm going into this environment where every single kid just wants it. Mm-hmm. And then you have this one kid who I don't want it. And maybe you have ability and maybe if someone uh, spends time talking to you and, and you know makes you feel a little bit more comfortable and, and is aware that you're completely out of your comfort zone, then that kind of helps. But at that stage, uh, I didn't have that. And every time I went anywhere, I was never me. You know, I was never 100% me. So I was just completely, every time I went anywhere, whether it was on trial, whether it was international stuff, it was just, just get me home. Just get me back to me, me comfort zone. Has there ever been anyone that you've been on trial with around where you see now, like playing professional football, where like, you know, could have been me type of thing or... I don't no, I don't look at it like that. Um, like I don't look. There's there's loads of players now. There's even players playing in in the senior international team that I would play football with. Mm-hmm. That you think you know, Jesus, you, we we were on the same path. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I don't look at it in in envy and say that should be me because it shouldn't have been me. You're happier mm-hmm. where you are now, aren't you? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I don't know what I would be like if I was in that environment. What what yeah. it, what I would have known or what I what would have happened would have been I would have spent a lot of time being unhappy and uncomfortable. To get to that point, mm-hmm. um, so uh, I just wasn't made out for that. And and there's loads of kids that are not made out for that, but they get help and and they 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 get support and they get awareness from people around them and people are able to motivate them in different ways. But for me, I didn't have any of that. Mm-hmm. So my ultimate motivation is just just get me home and get me back to what I know. You mm-hmm. know. So going back, I know we skipped through a little bit there, but after you left Leafy Valley, was it crumbling your next club then? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Crumlin were the top side in the in in the country at yeah. that time. So yeah, all, sure. all, all all the best players, you yeah. know, the team had won all Ireland after all Ireland. So yeah, and there was a uh, few big names down there. I remember Richie Towell, Aaron Doran, or Aaron, what's his name? Yeah, Aaron Doran, Aaron Doran, Connor Clifford. Yeah, yeah. They, they were all down there, and I remember like that, that. That just goes to show the type, like the level that Sparky was at one stage. Like he was the talk, the, the most talked about footballer in Kildare, and there was other people that were. At a similar level, but I I think everyone knew that Sparky was better. Like that's no disrespect to Ross Costigan and Ian McLaughlin. I mean, I would have pushed Sparky over all them every day of the week. Ian McLaughlin went on to play League One. Was it was it League One? MK Dons and all he was yeah, playing yeah. for yeah. QPR. I think he was playing for as well. But um, you played for Crumlin then. I went to see it a lot of times with Crumlin, and I went to watch a few Ireland games as well that you played in. And I remember saying, he's going to do it. Like I remember saying to myself, you know who I was talking to? I was talking to Barry Callahan one day. I don't know whether he'll remember this. It was in his garden. And we were talking about Sparky. I think it wouldn't have been... It would have been after one of your big games or something. And we were saying about how good he was. And I said to Barry, I said, if Sparky doesn't make it in football, no one will make it at anything. Because it was literally morning, 
evening, sleeping, everything was football. His room was plastered with, you know, Liverpool League videos and fucking WWE. <laughs> and then he had posters, Liverpool. And everything just turned to football. Like, literally, everything turned to football. He was out playing at 24-7. When he wasn't playing it, he was coaching, whether it be goalkeeping, coaching, or Joycey, or fucking cadets. You were helping cadets at a stage where... I don't know if he was being bullied, but I remember you being a great help to him and he lost loads of weight when he was playing ball and all. But it was just all football. And I remember saying to him, if he doesn't make football, he never will. But was it at Crumlin then that the offer started coming in from the English clubs or was it even before that? No, no, it was definitely definitely before that. Um, who, was the, who was the other team? Sorry, Jay. Yeah. Who was the other team other than Stoke? Uh, so I had Leicester, was it? Yeah, I had an official uh, invites to both Leicester and West Ham. I uh, don't know if you remember why I didn't go to West Ham. Oh, was that West Ham? We thought that was Stoke. No, no, no. Really? Is this where he fucked you up? Yeah. yeah. The night before. I, I literally fucked him up before, the night before. I'm set yeah. to go away on. Uh, set to go away on trial at West Ham. Yeah, buzzing. Um, he was on. He was on a go kart or something like that, yeah. and I was around the road. And I, uh, my mother was staying in the house around the corner. She's renting a room in, in a house around the corner. Um and I says, Oh here, drop me home on the drop me home on the on the, no, the go kart. It wasn't that. You were walking. I remember this vaguely because I felt fucking t- I actually went home and so started should. crying. So you um, should. Absolutely so, gave you. <laughs> so what happened was Sparky was walking down the road and I said, Jump on, I'll fly you down. And he was like, no, it's only down the road. And he literally said no about three times. Yeah, yeah. I, I, rem- I remember not wanting to get on it and, and being nervous on it. Yeah. Like, it's like anything. I know you were kind of saying before we came on here, oh, yeah, do you not trust me? And I'm like, no, you're going to stitch me up because that's what you've done your whole yeah. life. Yeah, you, yeah. No, I agree with stitch, that. Stitch people up. Yeah, I was so, always acting the bollocks. Like, I was never, like, I do always get mad at, I don't know whether you, well, you don't know this, but Tyler now, right? Tyler... He caught me lovely. I'm nearly sure I told you about this, Jay, right? He never does the normal thing to do. I always say to Tyler, you don't want to be normal. Don't be don't be afraid to be different, you know? And he's always let's say we're walking down you the road. He's yeah. jumping on the walls, he's walking along the walls, he's doing just stu- jumping in fucking puddles in his new runners and all. And I, I said to him one day walking off to Lift Valley, Will you ever just be normal and walk on the fucking path? And he says, eh. Uh, Dad, you told me never to be normal, to just be me. And I was like, you little bastard. Yeah, got me rapid, but that's how I was. I never wanted to be normal. I always just wanted to do shit different. If you told me to do something, I'd done the complete opposite. Don't press this big red button. Okay, press the big red button. Yeah. That's how I was. Mm-hmm. But Sparky did not want to get on the go-kart. And I was like, will you come on, you fucking idiot. And I probably pressured him into getting on it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But pedaling down... And he's like, slow down, you bastard. We're both kind of laughing, you know, but him more nervous laughing. And then I lift the handbrake. <laughs> it was fun- it's funny that you say that, uh, you know, someone says, don't press the red button, and you press the red button. Because I said, don't pull a handbreaker. <laughs> you kept saying, I'm going to pull a handbreaker, I'm going to pull a handbreaker. And I said, don't pull a handbreaker. And what do you do? It's, it's funny now, isn't it? <laughs> someone's career has gone up in smoke. <laughs> Sitting here on a Sunday night doing a bleeding podcast, I should be, <laughs> should be playing. <laughs> you should yeah. be on the Peter Crouch podcast or something. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, you set up in the village and you go. <laughs> but but what do you do when you're on a, a go kart and someone's going to pull a handbreaker? You put your foot down, do you know, because you oh, no. you're bracing yourself for uh, a handbreaker. So I put my foot down, and what happens? The foot stays. He pulls a handbreaker. I don't think I did. Pull oh, a you did because did I? the foot went underneath the the wheel. I thought. 
I could be wrong now, probably did pull a handbreaker. But <laughs> I thought that I said, I'm going to pull a handbreaker, I'm going to pull a handbreaker. But it wasn't really. I was just trying to shit you up. And you put your foot down thinking I was going to pull a handbreaker. That's why the wheel continued to go over your ankle. I could be wrong saying that I could have pulled the handbreaker. I can't remember. But yeah, but I I ended up, up in Tala Hospital, broken ankle. Li- uh, this is literally the night before. He was supposed to go yeah, on trial for yeah. West Ham. Night before, I thought yeah. it was fucking hard. I'd, I'd never talk to him again. I don't know. You're even worse for being here. Yeah. But yeah. You know, it was devastating. Do you know, do you know the thing is? He just came on to name it. And the thing was, lads, I was his biggest fan. I wanted him to do well. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Do you know R- what I mean? Right up until crunch time. He was about to <laughs> yeah. get on the I train. wanted him to do well. Don't pull a handbrake on. You're not doing better than me. Until the night before, he'll drive a go-kart over you. Yeah. On purpose. Everyone would kind of think, you know, oh... Chase, that's terrible. That's good. But in my head, I was like, "Oh, thank God, I don't have to go." Really? really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's that's the mindset that I had, and I had that mindset all the way up playing. You know, just everything was was not enjoyable. It was not playing football with my mates, which was what you know you play football for to play with your mates. And you know, you said earlier on about oh, like if Spark doesn't make it, no one's going to make it. Talent is only one small part of ah, yeah, of course, achieving anything. You've you've got to have a mindset. You've got to have drive. But Sparky, you had the mindset in front of us all the time. Yeah, yeah. But you never like you kept that under. You never once, at least to me, mentioned that. No, I never mentioned that anyone. Yeah, but never there, there you but, go. But so. that's what I'm saying. Um, now as a coach, I'm very mm. I'm very cognizant of that, and I would spend a lot of time one to one talking to players, particularly uh, in my role with, with an international team that. When players come in for the first time, you spend time getting to know them. I thought, well, you know, you got to know Johnny to coach Johnny. I didn't have that. So no one knew. No one asked the question, how are you feeling? No one asked the question. You know, it's just conveyor belt of players going away. Who's good enough? Who's good enough? Who's good enough? Do you think that's down to how good you were? Like that people just assumed? I don't know. I don't know. Because to be honest with you, if I look back at now and you know, be serious uh, about it all, now for me as a coach, I wasn't exceptional. Are you aware? I, I wasn't. I was, it was there was good. one thing. There was. There was Being only too fucking humble. If you ask me, <laughs> there, there was only one thing that you hadn't gotten. It was your height that was holding you back. And I, I think it was less that I said. If he takes a stretch, like, do you know what I mean? It was. It was one of the big clubs. It could have been Stoke actually that said, "Just need that little bit of extra height, and you're laughing." And you just didn't get it. And I think that's the only, the only thing you are missing. Like you are well capable of, like as we mentioned, Ian McLaughlin, who was a smashing keeper as well. But that couldn't. That cunt was was half good because of his height as well. Do you know? Now don't get me wrong; he had a lot of talent, but nah, he had a lot of talent. The, the, the height w- was the advantage. In his favor. Yeah, yeah. That that's all you were missing. There was nothing else. Nothing like the saves that you were pulling off for the height you were. Like you were like what height is Ben? What was it? Ben Foster. No fucking Foster. Ben Fe- No Ben Fe- No fucking <laughs> hell. Use the play- Bartez. Sorry, Bartez. Ah, yeah, but he was dirt. How tall was he? Just out of curiosity. Uh, he must have 5'10", 5'11", I'd say. Well, how how tall are you? I'm 5'10". 5'10". Yeah. And what's, what were we saying earlier that Dean Henderson, what's he 5'6"? 6'1", six, six six he is. You one. thought he was smaller. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Height is a huge thing when it comes well, to goalkeeper. when you look at the And I'm convinced that that's all you are missing. Honest to God. Everyone was convinced that that's all that held you back. But it, it, is, it is mad that you were saying that you have to, like, know Johnny to coach Johnny or whatever you're saying was. But, like... Growing up as a kid, like that is all our dreams essentially when we all love football, do you know what I mean? Mm. Is to go play pro. Like obviously one day it'd be great to go and play for Man United for myself or whatever. You never had that at all. I did. Like like any young kid. That's, that's what I mean, like because you're you're getting them it, opportunities. When, when you when get into the country, that, yeah, bottled it. Absolutely. Absolutely, mm. yeah. Or go kart to the Gavi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More than bottled at me. Yeah, but you've got like every everyone 
as a, a young kid, yeah, you want to be a footballer. That's that's the great thing. But there's an awful lot that goes into it. Um, and when you get to the to the point where serious level, yeah, yeah. Mm. Now, now there's there's decisions being made and there's opportunities there and that. I was even the same younger, like 12, 13, going playing representative squads and all. It just wasn't enjoyable. For mm. whatever reason, whether it's nerves, whether it's uh, outside of the comfort zone stuff, whatever it is, it, just, it was never something that was really enjoyable and never something that I felt that I was fully me. But this this is where you kind of cluster-fucked me, Sparks, because like I say now, like this is one of my first time hearing all the reasons for it. But you're saying... Like, you, you didn't like all that side of it. You didn't like the serious side of it. But that's, like, when you were manager Longford under 19, like, that's all the shit you took very serious. So it sounds a little bit contradictory of what you're saying, but I know it's a completely different role from footballer to coach. So the stuff you didn't like as a player, you kind of really instilled that into your... Yeah, as a coach, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Which I, I find I, fucking madly. I'm, I'm so, as I said earlier on, I'm, I'm so cognizant of it now when I'm dealing with young players and, and play, new players into the group and spending a lot of time uh, off the pitch talking to them and stuff like that because I just think it definitely. What's the wake up call for that? From for me doing that in terms of like with individual players and noticing you need to get to know each individual player as opposed to just coaching a team or a squad. Uh, well, definitely, definitely, my experience as a player. Uh, so you were aware of that going in? Yeah, 100%. Right. 100%. Okay. Like, I started coaching when I was playing. So I started coaching yeah. when I was 14. So I was coaching for a long time. Uh, yeah, my fucking goalkeeping coach anyway for years. Was, I was yeah. going to say that to you, Sparky. Is that, you thought, is that why it was so easy for you to go from playing to coaching? Like, you just weren't enjoying it that much. Because to me, it was always weird that you coached really young. Do you know what I mean? When yeah. you were a good footballer. So, like, for, at the same time, I would have blown my mind to stop playing to coach. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But you yeah. were quite comfortable doing it. Well, that was the whole... When I was leaving Liffey Valley as a 14-year-old going to Crumlin, that was the caveat. That the only the only reason I could I could happily go to Crumlin was because I kept saying I didn't want to leave Liffey and they said oh well look Froggy's gonna step away but he's gonna take an under ten team and you can help him coach them. Oh very good. So now you you can go and play with Crumlin and coach his team. So that's how I started coaching. So uh, but I would always I would always be and probably not at that stage like when I was a younger coach I wasn't aware of it uh, or it wasn't something that I was uh, conscious of. But definitely as I got a bit older, you um, figured it out fairly. Fairly young though, because you, you had the man management down to a T when we, when we played our games. Like when I managed Saint Marks and you managed Liffey Valley. Like I think he used Liffey Valley as a stepping stone, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but I think he used that as like his. his this was his chance to learn almost because I remember you from being around Liffey Valley. You put like without disrespect around, but the, it's not exactly the biggest club in in Clondalkin. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it, it, it isn't, and yet like you used that as a way to kind of like. Really test yourself, do you know what I mean? And you built a squad like in there. Like, you was it Craig Fitzgerald's team you coached? Yeah, yeah. Could be wrong. And they were unbelievable. Yeah, exactly, do you know what I mean? Like week in, week out, you were battering teams, and I remember you were just growing and growing and growing. So it's like you literally well, used that. To do you know yourself. what's funny though? He never bet me as a manager. <laughs> Jesus, never. To be play a tree, I think. <laughs> Ah, results weren't important when they were kids. Performance. I love that. I ate that up, you know what I mean? Yeah, Sparky. Yeah. But because he was so well respected, like, even though they were just friendlies <laughs> and a year younger than us, I didn't give a bollocks. I said to John Carnbrot, <laughs> go out and mill them little bastards. But um, <laughs> do, do you think that you had a big part to play in Liffey Valley as a club getting recognised? Oh, absolutely. At the time uh, when we were at Liffey Valley, um, 
I was I was doing lots of stuff and there was lots of people doing lots of stuff and and the club grew from kind of having uh seven or eight teams to having 24 teams at one stage and they had everything academy right through to uh youth two senior teams a senior women's team and over 25s so there was lots of stuff going on at that stage I, I don't want to say that uh, the team that that we were coaching was kind of the uh, what got it there but they were though they were kind of like the pioneer or the the, the main team or the, the most successful team or Let's the just be fucking honest about it. Team, <laughs> whatever but there, there was lots of accolades being thrown at players and and the team so we had two players from that that team went on to represent Ireland like you know mm. from playing Dylan McKeever was it was Dylan McKeever and Alex O'Callaghan both play, got, both represented our country there was loads of them you know played in the South Dublin League they got to the Kennedy Cup final in 2010 there was players who went on on trials Craig Fitzgerald went to went to Leeds uh, uh, Vincent Ogby went to Barnsley like so there was, there was lots of stuff going on in that team you know and coming from but that's uh, unheard of in that club though yeah, absolutely. you know what I mean so absolutely like, yeah but yeah. Th- that's like where did you get that from, Sparky? Like, I'm, ju- I'm just caught. Like, would that have been from the lights of, like, you were always like you became a big fan of football and like you had the Liverpool fucking DVDs and videos and everything else. But where did like? I wonder what DVDs they were. You didn't win that when he was fucking growing up. You <laughs> won the 2005 <laughs> Champions League. Excuse you. Oh, <laughs> but no, you had like you had all this, and then you you went out your way and you. Like you made yourself so professional, little stupid things like getting the official ref whistle, like getting <laughs> the stupid things, <laughs> getting the proper notebooks and having the little gadgets and gadgets that made you look. Fake better. it till you make it. Isn't no, it? <laughs> no, but that's that's exactly what he done. He just took it. He took it like he was a professional coach from day one. I know. Yeah, like, I, I, where I remember did all one that the lads, come from? One of the lads in the club one time we were having, we were having a meeting in the club and. Uh, one one of the lads in the club says, uh, I, I was asking for certain things. He says, you're not managing fucking Manchester United. And I kind of said, well, if we strive for Manchester United and we end up at Barnsley, we've done quite well, haven't we? Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? But if we if we strive for Barnsley and we end up at, you know, wherever, it's not going to be very good. So I suppose it would have just come from uh, me playing and, and, and playing. Uh, knowing the level. Knowing, you know, yeah, what right. the top That's coaches have enough, and yeah. what everyone has and what you get when you're when you're a good uh, a good player and I just try and give the players that were in my environment then you know the best that, that we could give them and try and get the best training the best facility you know the best gear the best equipment play the best teams playing the best tournaments all that stuff you're just trying to really be as as good as you can I don't know why other than because it was what I knew and you just kind of want the players to experience you know whatever you've experienced or get mm-hmm. as close to to being at the top level as you possibly can. And I, when I was coaching grassroots, I call it grassroots football. You know, with Leaf Valley or whatever, you were always thinking that players can they can they can make a career for themselves here. Do you know that was always my thought was can you help somebody uh, make a career for themselves? But that that's why I think you were an instrumental part of Leafy Valley because young players from around the area that were ballers came and saying. Jeez, these lads are very professional. Like everything's done. Like you used to go. Like what age would you have been, Spark? Sixteen, fifteen, managing the team. Uh, I suppose I started when I was fourteen. So fourteen, fifteen was the first team. Uh, and you used to spend your own money getting Cabri Sons and oh, oranges. Everything, and, yeah, yeah, everything. Like yeah. I never forget that. And you still done that then up till you were managing Longford. Like yeah. you used to always stop off at Little. Like th- that alone. Like you don't. I suppose you're you're too. 
you're too in it to kind of step back and look at it at the time. But like three hour drive is it to Longford? Nah, no, an hour and a half. In the focus, two hours maybe. Oh, <laughs> on a good day with a tailwind. <laughs> how does how does that come about though? How do you go from coaching Liffey Valley? A team in the South Dublin League to coach in Longford under 19. Tony Cousins, uh, wasn't he the big part? Uh, Tony's brother. Uh, so the the Liffey Valley team was now under 17. Um, lots of good players. You brought a few of them with you, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, two of them had played international football, as I said. Uh, two of them had gone away on trials and stuff. So there was uh, kind of a bit of uh, uh, a bit of interest in and around that that group of players. So Tony's. Tony Cousins' brother, uh, who was first, Tony was first team manager at Longford, his brother Andrew uh, was a scout. So he came to a couple of the games to see some of the boys, brought, brought uh, Craig Fitzgerald to Leeds, um, had interest in, in a couple of other players and stuff like that. And uh, I suppose he kind of just told Tony, you know, there's a couple of players here, you might get them you might get them into Longford. Uh, so Tony's come to a couple of games and uh, they asked us to play a friendly game against Longford's under-19s. So was that? What well, uh, they were nineteens. All lads were. My boys were se- Air boys were seventeens. Yeah, 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 they were seventeens. Yeah. Um, so we played against Longford's nineteens and uh, in a friendly, done really well. Uh, we 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 won the game and uh, that was around Christmas time. Just after Christmas, uh, Tony Cousins rang me out of blue. Now I'd spoken to him a couple of times before that uh, about players and you know stuff stuff like that. So he rang me and he said, uh, "Can you meet up for a coffee?" And I yeah yeah no problem at all. So. Ring you Derek. wouldn't say no to a coffee anyway, would oh, you? Absolutely not. Particularly <laughs> a free one. So <laughs> I ring Derek. Derek, oh, Tony Cousins is on. I think going to be interested in a couple but of boys, if, you know. Just before you go there, Derek is a friend of yours who got involved in coaching with you then. Ah, Derek was my assistant. Right hand man. Right yeah. all the way through. Um, yeah. uh, never got a bleeding penny for anything he'd done. And he was there right up till the, the very final day. Um, you know, another one that probably owed a debt of gratitude to and uh, it was fantastic all the way through. So he was like, you know, anytime anything happened, he'd be the first person I'd ring. So ring him, Derek, you know, Tony Cousins is on, think he wants to meet, think he wants to take a couple of players to Longford, you know. So, oh, lovely, yeah, 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 meet him tomorrow, great. Down to go to Tony. And I remember this, that like, these were like, like, Tony Cousins would have been a huge deal, wouldn't it? Like, uh, when you were meeting with him, you felt like, ah, uh, shit myself. Jesus. I'm thinking about what am I going to wear here? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? What, <laughs> what do you wear to meet this fella? Do you know? He's a, he's a League of Ireland legend. He's, he's he's played across in the Premier League, you know, big name, whatever. So, go and meet him anyway, thinking uh, he's going to say, look, I want Some of your players, one yeah. or two players to come in that do a training session or something. And he's uh, uh, looking, looking, you know, to... to Bringing a new manager at the 19s, would you be interested in kind of, you know, me? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, fucking, I'm 21. Like, I want me to manage the 19s. I've, I've hardly done any coach education. I'm, you know, and he's just kind of, you know, he's, he's telling you all the stuff that you want to hear, but all the good stuff, you mm. know, all all the good stuff, your, your level of professionalism, uh, the style of play that your players play, you know, the, uh, the kind of reputation that you have within the game, all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, so he 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 offers us the nineteens uh, to come down and work with the nineteens. So buzzing, you know, for mm-hmm. ring Derek. You know, he wants us to come. He said, "You never." I actually remember saying to Derek, "You never forget who he wants to bring down." And Derek's Derek's naming all the players, you know. And I'm like, "Fucking no, no!" And he's getting to the the kind of lesser players, and he's like, "There's no way. What's going on here?" Oh, he says, "He wants me and you." Derek says, "Give it over, will you?" I said, "No, honest to God, he wants me and you to go down." And he says, "Uh." Fucking hell, Sparks, what are we going to do? This is fucking right, we're going. 
but it's Longford, that's miles away, you know? Where even is that? <laughs> I was like, where even is that? And uh, yeah, so that's that was it. When we took that, that was probably January, February, something like that. So uh, we started in May of that year, May, June that year. And you like, said, sorry, go on. How often, like just to let people know how how much work actually went into the whole Longford thing, like you were getting paid for it, yeah? Uh, we got travel expenses. Is that it? Was that all that That's was? That's all, yeah. So, out of them travel expenses, you were probably spending that on... Spending the, the plus. I was spending the plus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were so never making any money. You weren't making money. Oh, I was living off the Bank of Fred at that time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we, we'd start doing, start working in chippers and Chinese as well. Yeah, doing takeaways. I remember, yeah, I remember that. Actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. We, were, we were kind of... What's, what's give him a shout out? What's his name? The main man. Tony Cinelli. Tony Cinelli. Tony Cinelli. What a man. Remember that, yeah. What a man. What, yeah. what, the creator of the Kinder Bueno milkshake. Absolutely, yeah. And the <laughs> off the wall, which yeah. um, the Nightlock tried to replicate and just can't. Have, yeah. you, have you tried one from nah, the Nightlock? No, no. I never had oh. an off the wall, to be honest with you. What? Yeah, you did. No, I was always into the Madbox. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know where this conversation's yeah. gone. What the yeah. fuck is an yeah. off-the-wall yeah. mad box? Let's <laughs> oh, unbelievable. Let's just get unbelievable. a 4 and one or something, though. This is a chip, bro. Unbelievable meals. He just created loads of different meals, but he was a good help as well. Did he sponsor? Did he, he try to money, actually? Did he? No, did he do at Longford? Tony, did he help? Nah, like he'd always been. Tony Bring was, people uh, down was, and all that. He had a van. Yeah. Uh, which, which, like, people again, it's a two hour journey from Dublin to Longford that. You had to do what three, four times a week. Depend, depending on the week and where we were going, what we were doing. But you were probably down there four days a week. You know, you training two or three days, then uh, you'd have a game. And then if there was anything else on, if the Seventeens were playing or anything like that, you'd be you'd be going watching them as well. So it was it was nearly full on. You know, it was nearly full time. Plus, I was doing that uh, after a couple of months. I was going to see a lot of the senior games for Tony. So going uh, and and doing. Mm. Opposition analysis uh, for him and putting reports together for him and on the force team stuff That's and everything. So, mental. but all of this, I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing this like I'm, I'm 21, 22, having a scooby what I'm doing, and you're well, just learning on the fly. Like that's what I was gonna ask you. So you said that you had like a style of play with your Liffey Valley team, but yet you get down to Longford and it's a different kettle of fish. Yeah, like do you have to kind of develop a new style of play? Do you try and implement that into them? Because you're obviously bringing players in in as well. So did you go down there? with no players in mind from Liffey Valley and just say, right, we'll see what we're working with. And then, okay, now I'll probably need four or five down here. The, the, the Tony, I think you were encouraged to bring players down at the start, Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely, yeah. Mm. So, uh, of of the Liffey Valley team, you know, I was kind of saying, I might bring one or two and he was like, no, no, you need to bring five or six, like. <laughs> I was like, all right, fair enough, you know. So, because I didn't know what the, the calibre of player was. Yeah. I didn't I, I just didn't see 19's games. Uh You're just I'm, beating them as well. We we just beating them, yeah. So and uh, look I knew I knew the 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 Longford team was in the lower half of the, the league all the time at 19's level. So but what did you do? <laughs> Go on, continue. I'll touch on it now in a minute. Um, no nothing, just let him continue. So completely naive, I brought the same style of play, which would have been, you know, building out from the back, trying to play through the towards uh didn't really have Scooby, what I was doing to be honest, uh, you know, would have had a few ideas, but uh, certainly wasn't uh, either qualified or experienced enough to work at that level at that time. So, mm-hmm. very naively went down thinking, Oh, yeah, we're going to build up from the back against Do all you these truly teams. think that, yeah, absolutely. I've seen it now, I've seen it now, like it's it's so it's it's completely different. I would have always thought, uh, that you've, oh, you've got to build out from the back to, to develop players, but the reality of it was that there were so many better teams and so many better players than us that we were just playing into their hands more often than not, you know? Mm. Plus, uh, 
I I wasn't uh, experienced, qualified, uh, tactically uh, understanding uh, enough to play against the better side. So you were you were just given. Well, goals at the away. time you thought you were. Would I be right in saying that? Uh, like Jay says, fake it till you make it kind of thing. You know, mm. you just yeah, like you think you know a lot. There was a lot of hype. One that like uh, like every. Like I was involved as well. I went down and done Kitman for him. Like I just wanted to be have a part of playing it because I was proud of him. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I wanted to watch it firsthand. And we went to. We obviously became a Longford fan then, and the the vlogs were a big part of Longford then. We started getting recognised going down there, and it was it, it was great to actually. My you kids, actually the one who'd film them? Yeah. Because I remember the the video footage of them. That was oh, all the, you. No, 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 not no. all the games. No, no, I think I filmed two games or something. No, he he done his own. Video stuff. I had to give out to him one day because we scored a goal and he's got the bleeding camera on the bench. You know <laughs> what's going on here? Get that thing away! <laughs> oh, stop! It was fucking the day with a day is though. But where where was I going with that? Um, I don't know. Fuck! Where was I going? What, what, what's the last thing you were saying? Uh, we were talking about styles of play and uh, feeling like I was good enough or feeling like I knew what I was doing. Or fake um, it till you make it. Fake, fake it till you make it. You've really lost the train of thought here, Jason. Yeah, no, but. No, but one hundred percent, like there definitely was a. I was saying there was a lot of hype. Sorry, there was a lot of hype built up, and I think it was more that we were all excited. Obviously, my excitement was different than yours and their. I was just excited for them, whereas they were were excited to prove themselves type things. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think that maybe overlooked the tactic side of it. But well, I think you were, we were going from we spoke about all the stuff there a minute ago about you know. Uh, trying to be as professional as possible and having mm. all the gizmos and gadgets and then you're going into the League of Ireland you're going into playing the stadiums yeah. you know you, you, it, gear's no longer an issue travel's no longer an issue all this stuff is just there for you so there was all that excitement around it and trying to be as professional as possible um, but yeah still being excited going to these venues oh, but that was it yeah I'd say so because you know we come from, from coaching in the park you yeah. know you were lucky if the council cut the grass once a month to now you're in stadiums do you know and yeah. we were bringing uh, five or six of the lads with us from the team plus Derek plus you came in plus Keith Tomney came in plus Baba came in after a while as well Keith came in Keith Tomney was down the fourth season yeah, oh yeah. yeah he was doing uh, he was doing strength and conditioning yeah, and fitness yeah, stuff yeah yeah so we let, I had let, I got all my mates around me a lot of the players uh, that I had, had coached from 10 right up to 19 you know mm. and they're there around me and now you're going to play in stadiums and work in the National League it was and I was 21, 21, Derek was 22, it was like madness. You were saying that you were, like, when you went in, they were in the bottom half of the table, so what was the progress, how did you do? Not very well. Yourself? Not very well. No? That's no. A, that's where I was going. No. <laughs> that's when you're like, I don't get an like <laughs> Ruining the image. It, it depends on, it depends on what your lens is on it, you know, if your yeah. lens is... Well, what, what would yours but do here, Let me just say, before you beat yourself up, right, Unbelievable how amount, the amount of late goals we conceded and how unlucky that we got. Like, unbelievable. Like, you wouldn't believe it, Jay. You couldn't write it. Like, yeah. half the time, like, we just, you wouldn't even snap. You just look and say, I knew it. Game I is 90 minutes. The game happen. is 90 minutes. You pay attention till the end, Jay. Yeah. Yeah, mm. well. Look, we were paying attention, but we knew the attention was going to go and do that yeah. fucking goal. That was the problem. <laughs> it was just always, I don't know what it was. Like, we could never put a finger on it, but it was so fucking frustrating because no doubt about it, the talent was there. Like, some of the boys... Like, was, there was good players. There was no doubt good players. I remember, uh, in time of being, I don't believe for a second that we were unlucky, but I think at, at a time... I, at a time, I felt we were. And I remember saying to Derek, we were probably 1-0 up at half-time, you know, every second game. 
Mm-hmm. And we were like, Yo, we, we just need to get a second goal. Yeah. Just yeah. need to get a second goal. And get then one day, the one day we were 2 0 up at half time. And it's all, oh, Jesus, this is, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and there was eight minutes left and we're 2 0 up. We can't throw this away. <laughs> Fucking 3 2, we got beat. <laughs> like, how does that happen, you know? Oh, but if, 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 if I go back to Jay's point, it depends on the lens that you look at it. In terms of results, which is not the be all and end all on the 19s, mm-hmm. we improved it from what it was, but it was still lower half of the league. You know, you were still finishing bottom two, three, four. Mm-hmm. All the time. Um, the the last season that we were there, we had the most points per game ratio that we had, which was obviously an improvement. But it still wasn't, you know. It's a foundation level, though, isn't it? Like to to move up. Like. If if I look at it from my lens now, uh, definitely you've got uh, two players in this season's first team uh, that that played with us mm-hmm. uh, at under nineteen. Who's that? Um, Do you mind me asking? Carl Chambers is the longer serving player at the club now. Uh, he he came came in with us at 19s, uh, was playing grassroots football or play maybe senior football in, in Tala um, and came in with us at 19s, got player of the year at 19s and is now the longest serving player within the club. So, uh, and then A. Dervin, who was with the club, it was playing with the uh, with some of the local clubs, uh, Melview in Longford, uh, came through uh, the underage system and played with us uh, for a, a period of time on the 19s. So he was, uh, he was another one that came through. So, if you look at it uh, from that lens, then it's then it's you know you've got two mainstays in the first team squad that came through that period of time that we were there. So I, I don't think there's been another period of time uh, at the club that you've had two. Of Someone the, make the progression in the starting eleven. Mm-hmm. You know you you, all, you always had years where there was squad players. Someone on the bench and all yeah. jumping in and out. Yeah. yeah, and there was loads of them. Loads of the lads had that, but mm. to have two players that you know are still in the club now when they're playing in the Premier Division is uh, that's the lens that I look at it through so in that regard yeah there was there was success in it you know yeah mm. of course <coughs> how did the the FAI come about then so where did you start seeing like a potential well, career in that I'd always worked externally for the FAI so when I was at Liffey Valley and then when I was at Longford uh, I'd work in the FAI's Emerging Talent Programme as an auxiliary coach so a coach that they uh, employ from the outside mm-hmm. to, to work uh, one night a week on the Emerging Talent Programme so it was always kind of involved from the outside uh, on, on the FEI. And then uh, there was loads of grassroots programs that the association would have run uh, locally uh, in, in, in this area here. Uh, late night leagues, what people know as the Garda leagues. Uh, she'd be involved in that. Uh, I'd do some summer soccer schools, coaching, coach on them, all working for the FEI externally. So just being employed right. for a sp- specific reason. Um, so I would have been doing that maybe for two, three years uh in the lead up to maybe 2014, 2015, so me being 23, 24. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd have been involved in that. And then uh, I'd applied uh, for a development officer's job, uh, which is uh, basically uh, a FEI staff member who works in the community, developing uh, the game in the community, trying to grow the numbers, participation numbers, all that sort of stuff, engaging with local stakeholders and stuff. I think I'd applied for a job uh, as development officer in Mead. I had done a really good interview, um, but just came up short on the job. And uh, what job was this? Development officer in in Mead. Right. So. Uh, yeah. No. Sorry, I, <laughs> I got sidetracked. So I'm 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 coaching away at Longford. Uh, I'm still doing a little bit of external work with the association, and uh, a job comes up in in Clondalkin as development officer. And who do you go to? <laughs> the fellow who's <laughs> who's doing all the 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 auxiliary stuff there. Mm. Anyway, so it was uh, three weeks. Three week contract 
come in. It was uh, November to Christmas. You know, uh, basically three weeks, uh, and then we'll just see how see how it goes. So mm. great. Uh, obviously, I'd done a strong interview previously. So uh, in you go, and uh, I stayed in that role uh, for five years, five and a half years. Did you replace someone, Sparky, or was it just a new role? Yeah, yeah, replace somebody. Yeah, so there was actually a really strong uh, quartet of people that were there before me, um, all of whom had kind of moved on to to bigger and better things. So there were big shoes to fill uh, coming in, yeah. uh, which I was I was very aware of. But I'd done a lot of the programs. Um, I'd worked on a lot of the programs already as an external staff member, so I was fairly well. Uh, fairly well up to speed on the programme. So I think they were just looking for someone to get in and hit the ground running and, and, and not have to spend a lot of time uh, kind of changing the guard, you know. You do a lot of travel with your job as well now, don't you? Currently? Well, well pre-pandemic. Was uh, yeah, like I've moved jobs now from development officer to a, a regional high performance coach. Right. Um, so fancy, fancy. I like yeah, that yeah. Sounds so sexy on a CV, uh, doesn't it? You pick up chicks with that on the <laughs> regional high performance coach. So uh, that actually, uh, coming... <laughs> coming full uh, coming full circle uh, I'm actually uh, I work in the Midlands region so I cover Longford Westmead uh, Offaly Leash Kill there so I'm back back in Longford now uh, working working there so I'd be on the road most days you know uh, mm. with that and then obviously I work as a assistant coach with the 16th national team so you could be anywhere in the you'll be anywhere in the world or anywhere in the country at any given time with that so that's amazing Sparky fair play to you yeah, like, and is that anyone that's at your level, Sparky, at such a young age? Like, how old are you now? You are 29, 30, Me, 28? 30. 30. Oh, yeah, 30 now. Yeah. Oh, sure, not 32. Fucking hell. Yeah, 30. Is that anyone that's at your level at 30 in the country? At my level being what? As in, like... His job position? Your job like position, or even your previous job position. Well, it's, 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 it's kind of funny that you say that because uh, my brother-in-law... Is going to carve in the That's right. the same path, um, but but no disrespect to Darren, is it? Yeah. No disrespect to, to Darren, but is does part of that because I, I know you got him in with Longford, which is where he kind of started. Would it be right in coaching? That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he played for us. At he Longford. played for us. Yeah, yeah. he's a keeper, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, a very good keeper. Um, and then he actually took over the nineteens, was it? He Eventually, he didn't take uh, over not after you, but well, uh, well, once we left, um. Someone else was brought in. Someone else was brought in, but they know they know him with them. Um, so they asked me, would I recommend anybody? You so, recommended Darden. Well, I, now, I had it, already, I had already. Is agreed. this because you were banging a sister by any chance? No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. A quick look at the camera. <laughs> yeah, no, it was like. <laughs> so sorry, sweetheart. You, you met. You actually met. I want to obviously include Tommy in this. You actually met your your future wife. True. Was it true Longford? Is that how you know Dar like where did Darren come along? D Darren only came along with Longford, was it? Yeah, he Dar wasn't with Liffey Valley. No, no, no. Darren Darren just came down to Longford uh, trials, open trials. Um I didn't know him from Adam, didn't didn't, didn't know nothing about him. Uh just I showed up to give some support or something like no, that. No, you know what it was? <laughs> I I remember vaguely now Sparky was always a little fucking snake when I came to the board. He'd keep himself to himself. He wouldn't open his mouth. He's very like the, the girls, especially Tammy, I love hearing this. He, he was very private all the time. So Sparky throughout the years was ever texting a board or even if you he was with, you wouldn't know. He was never. Whereas I'd be boys around whole last night. I met her then. I done this then. Where Sparky was the complete opposite. He always had respect for women in a weird way <laughs> that I never understood. Right, but I remember we were all I, like not many of the players' sisters. Or 
girl family members would come to the games and Tammy got a little bit of attention because she was a good looking girl you know and I remember us all saying oh she's alright she's alright little did we know Sparky was fucking texting her do you know what I mean but is that how that all happened is that from that's not true that's not true <laughs> that is absolutely you not were, true I tell remember, you why. I remember you were texting her one of the nights in the far focus <laughs> going home and I was like I can't believe you were texting her and you never told me no I wasn't because she didn't uh <laughs> We didn't make contact with each other until after Darren had left. Who made contact? You got that wrong, didn't you? Yeah. So uh, she... Uh, <laughs> tell a lie. <laughs> <laughs> she texted me while Darren was playing for us. Yeah, and you were texting... No, I never responded. Right. Never oh, responded. Oh, don't say that on the podcast, Lois <laughs> I just hope I'm not so I didn't mean to fucking <laughs> unload that in here. But no, look, you met her true Longford is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, like she was at the games, so. Uh, so what made you slide back into our DMs? <laughs> uh, was I it when she turned around? No, I, no, no, I can't remember. Like, I, I, she she texts me again, or I text her again. Uh, after, because she was spoke about. Prior. Maybe she was. I don't remember. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> his dad came to the games uh, as well, didn't yeah, he? His dad was at all the games. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's how we remember Tammy. She she would have came with Darden Star. Yeah, and I, I think we stopped off at Supermax or something. One the days, um, and she Wouldn't was probably there. The country, there was probably nothing in it at this stage, but she was probably there. And me and Derek were talking about it on the way home. She she's still Darden's sisters all right or whatever, you know. But um, how long you how long you with her now? <laughs> uh, six years, six and a half years, maybe. Seven years, seven years. What's that yeah. timing? Jeez, that's I didn't think it was that long. Yeah, yeah. Seven years, and you love her. As long as I, it, yeah. As long as I'm working for the FEI, that's the because I, I met her. So uh, she's saying the FEI title and said, "No, no, no." Locked I, I met Tommy maybe. <laughs> <high> performance. Performance. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's good though? As, as soon as you mentioned Sparky's wife to be, he just straight away associated with work. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I met her maybe three months before I started working for the association. So I started working for the association in 2015. So six years. The association makes it sound like a government hit program or something. <laughs> the FAI lads. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> but where, where we were going, Jay, before I interrupted you about bringing Tammy in, um, you, you was, were going somewhere. It was Darren. The, yeah, it was Oh, Darren, sorry, it was Darren. Darren, Darren yeah, yeah, yeah. Darren. So, like, without being disrespectful to Darren. Like, I don't know how I'm going to say this without a sound and fucking shit, but you have a big part to play in where he is today, I'm assuming. Yeah, but every... I'm not taking any credit away nah, from him. I'm sure every, he's a great every, coach. Everybody has that somebody. And yeah, I, know that. Sure. I know that. Someone I know that. I'm them. just giving you the recognition for that, that you're mentioning someone that's, that's as young as you, let's say, starting, but you gave him... No, you helped him get that opportunity is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, look at whereas yeah. the person that helped you would have been a lot older that helped you get that opportunity. Or you, yeah, potentially. But like you, you've you've got to have something about you. You really get an opportunity. Hundred percent, to totally agree. You. So yeah. your question was, you know, is there anyone uh, kind of younger, you know, at the same age? Yeah. yeah. So he he would be on the same path. He would be on the same trajectory. He's he's coached. what's his t- title now? He's not. He's coaching at um. He's the head coach at Dundalk Seventeens. Right. So he's he's worked with our national teams uh, as an analyst. Um, he, he's head coached in the national league. He's a elite UTA license holder at twenty seven, 
I'm not sure even what age he is now, 27, 28. Yeah, look, so. you don't get there by accident. Do no, you? absolutely Maybe not. I didn't give him enough credit no, no, there. But you know, you know like it was coming from, and I wasn't putting him down no, just to get on, that out He's there. on the same trajectory. But there would be mm. lots of, like, there would be lots of people in the FEI, lots of good young coaches, mm. um, really good young coaches. There's, there's another lad that works in the high-performance department with us who will be younger than me again. He's 28, 29. He's actually a good friend of mine. Um, and, you know, he'd be on the same trajectory as me. Uh, has worked in the national league. Has worked with international squads. Uh, same qualification, you know, and really, really good coach. So, mm. you know, you to your badges, I wouldn't be on my own with that. Um, I am an elite U day license holder, so it sits alongside the UEFA Pro license. Um, but it's it's essentially the the Pro license of the youth game. Uh, and would you go ahead to do the Pro license then? Is uh, that the long term ambition? I think I will at one stage. Um, yeah, absolutely. At, at the moment, it's not uh, it's not that applicable to me because it's for uh, people who want to work in the pro game or want to manage in the pro game. Very expensive um, as well, isn't it? It is expensive, but... The job know, would probably cover a good lump of it, would they? The association do... Uh, they cover part See, of all... See the way bringing them back to the association. I feel like we should have a button <laughs> that just goes bum, bum, bum every time you say association. <laughs> they do, they do, they do uh, part cover uh, staff's uh, coach education, but it will be more that uh, it's not applicable to the path that I'm on right now. Um, that's not to say that I don't want to... Coach the in the pro yeah. game. That's what I was um, going to ask you. Like, is like I remember around the time of the vlogs, and you were asking me, like, Jay, what do you want to achieve from it? And obviously, Sparky's two years younger than me. And uh, when, when you're younger, two years is a bit of a gap, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But Sparky was always, I don't know where he got it from, I don't know whether he got it from Fred or whatever, but he came over to me with goals and said, Jay, this is how to do it, write down goals. And I remember going through your book, and everything was ticked. So what's Every, everything is most definitely not ticked because of no, I, but I'm it was a, it was at the time. Yeah, so yeah. But the goals you goals. had set out at them times. That's what I'm saying. There's yeah. new goals now. So what's on the list now? Uh, so I actually get only, married being the fourth. Yeah, thing. I was only thinking about this the, the other day because I hadn't set since the pandemic. Uh, I haven't really done anything. You know, I haven't even sat in a coffee shop and. Uh, thought about only happens in a coffee co- shop. Oh, absolutely, has <laughs> to it's only done to sit back down in a costa. It has to be a coffee laptop. shop um, and a book. So at the, at the moment they will be all very uh, very personal goals, uh, uh, professional goals. I'm, I've only started in a new role six months ago, so I'm very much invested in in the current role that I'm in and and not thinking too far ahead. Yeah, I just just want to kind of knuckle down be the, as good as I can yeah, be yeah. In, in, in this role for the next couple of years so professionally um, uh, like just the trajectory that I'm on just to keep moving and that it will be more personal uh, obviously getting married next year uh, we, we want to have our own kids and, and yeah. are you That's practicing high performance kicking are you back practicing in? for kids always yes <laughs> <laughs> always yeah so just you know and then uh, eventually uh, we might we might look to to move outside of where we're currently living and stuff like that. So, they would was be that always the goal to move outside of here? I I always felt that when when you got that house, that it was only ever a temporary thing. Yeah. No, no, absolutely not. I think it was. Uh, it's really just to do it now. Obviously, I've I've uh, a stepson to be who's living with me, and when you're when you're older, you don't really care about what's going on around you. Do you know, like, so me personally, anyway, like around what, the area, as in, us. yeah, yeah, like oh, everything yeah. that you see in the area, the the good and the bad, um, it doesn't affect me now because I'm grown up, so mm. you don't you don't think about it. But you block it out. Yeah, it's easy. But then, but for his when, age, yeah, when you when you see 
uh, what it could the, the effects it could have on on uh, him or your own your own children. Um, then you just start to think, okay, is this the is this the place where I want to be for the rest of my life? And uh, don't get me wrong, of of I love everything about Clondalkin. and there's more good than there is bad. Uh, and there's there's so many good people and a lot of good stuff that goes on. But unfortunately, there is some some negative stuff as well. And uh, I've seen you know so many really good kids uh, get involved in in bad shit that they don't need to be involved in. Um, they come from really good families, and it and would we, it would be nothing to do with how they've been reared or anything. But it's mm. just uh, say earlier on about surroundings. You're, you're a product of your environment, and mm. if you if you can get involved in the in the wrong stuff or you get yourself in trouble, it's hard to get out of it. So, uh, it would de- definitely be something that we'd be thinking of. You know that we'd we'd also like like we're living in a matchbox. You know mm. that's that's the reality of it. So we'd like a bit more space, bigger garden, bigger area. Um, and just somewhere a little bit, a little bit more relaxing, a little bit more quiet. And a any any ideas as to where you'd like to go? <laughs> right. Like, are you talking outside Dublin? Or? Yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. Right beside me, golf course in in my valley would be. Oh, yeah. Of course, <laughs> of course. Um, no, nah, look, like Tammy's family are from uh, are living in Trim, so she'd obviously right, yeah. she'd like to go down that way. Mm. Uh, only forty minutes away. I was only just down there for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I I'd love like Kilcock, Clane, uh, Enfield. Silence. Uh, that that kind of way. Uh, yeah, see, you don't give a fuck. Like you drive anywhere. Like, do you yeah. know? No, no, you're not like I hate driving. Do you know what I mean? Within reason, though. Like that's not. No, was smart. Like he drove to Longford three days a week, not giving a bollocks. Like two hours driving, yeah, four hours driving is a lot. Yeah, of but Gary, like that, you say like he drives to Longford four hours a week, but for fun, you sit in a coffee shop and read a book. It's the same thing as driving to Longford. Like what? Might as well be in the car and driving to work. I disagree. Listen, oh, no, listen no, to an yeah, audio book. Mary, at this stage now, I'm I'm kind of immune to travel and, and driving yeah, and everything. True, but yeah. the amount of work Where's that, that you get done, uh, tell them to get the finger. <laughs> I don't know. I don't the association. Know, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the amount of work that you can get done in a car. In a car like, yeah. you, you can literally like listening to the digital show. Absolutely, you can write emails. <laughs> you can write emails while you're driving because you just talk into the yoke. Or you can, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I do a lot of phone calls. What's your favorite episode? Of the Did You Hear show, mm. uh, Jay's first one. Thanks very much. <laughs> That's the only one he listened to the club. Probably, I'll take it though. <laughs> um, Sparky, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I definitely don't want to talk about your career without talking about um, the Paralympic side of stuff because I'm assuming that was very, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, inspiring and uplifting and not, not to say the other stuff isn't, but just to see how people continue and get on with their life when they have issues. Like, it just makes you more grateful and more appreciative of what you have, like. Uh, yeah. Um, it's, it's actually funny because uh, I'm doing a session with them in three weeks' time, I think, with with that, with the International Paralympic team. Uh, so I haven't, I haven't been with them for maybe a couple of years, but... I suppose at the time, for me, it was just... That was an opportunity to work in international football. Didn't mm. didn't matter to me whether it was... Uh, uh, Paralympic or senior men, senior women's, whatever it was, it was international football, mm. and uh, that was that was really it. it. Was an opportunity to get involved in the national team, and and the whole idea was uh, we 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 didn't qualify for the Olympics in London. Uh, I I, th- I think that was, or maybe it was Rio. Yeah, there was the Olympics in London. They didn't qualify the Olympics in London, so we got to qualify for the Paralympics in in Rio. That's the goal. So I was like, yeah, let's let's go on a good. A good mate of mine, uh, who was working for the FBI at the time, was was the head coach. He was like, "Look, I need someone to come in and, and work with me. Would you be interested?" Um, so yeah, in, in you go and loved it, absolutely loved it. Uh, as I say, 
the, the first thing that that people mentioned to me when you go with, when I went in working with with uh, Paralympic athletes was don't think about what they can't do, think about what they can do, mm. and and don't be don't don't think of them as as any different to. That's really else. good though, isn't it? But, but I'm sure like, fuck football, <laughs> fuck everything else, I'm sure that taught you a lot of life lessons. You know what I mean? Like how to treat people and stuff because we had Eric Bourne on the podcast and he, he was talking about some of the issues that he faced and, you know, how people looked at him differently and stuff like that. And obviously, you know, we would have been pals with Ian Bourne and all. I would have been around Eric a lot and I would have been comfortable around that. But people that don't see it, like the different types of... um issues that the players have playing the Paralympics whether it be their arm their leg or whatever like even little things like just looking the wrong way and like it, I'm sure there was a lot of lessons to be learned for you yeah. as a human being yeah, without absolutely. being a coach like. oh, 100% yeah um, like you I wouldn't have known um, a lot of the contributing challenges that they would have had outside of their physical disability mm. you know like there was an awful lot of uh uh, like cognitive stuff, uh, mental uh, disability stuff, um, on top of the the actual physical disability. So you were you were learning to deal with um, uh, like a broader uh, group of people that you had to be aware of. Um, but the big thing for me was, as I said, like I'd be going and thinking in terms of planning training sessions stuff. Oh, can they do this? Can they do that? Can they? Like they can do. They do absolutely everything that can, uh, yeah. you know. So do you just do normal sessions can. for them? Absolutely. Yeah. Now you might have to tailor one or two things, but it's the same as working with able-bodied people, you know. And yeah. and in actual fact, uh, it was it was very much um, I don't say more rewarding, um, but it it definitely got a, a different feel to it because you see not only the commitment that they have, um, because of the the additional challenges that they that they have, but the challenges that they have in terms of the the funding that 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 they do or don't get. Um, how they have to, you know, try and raise money to uh, go to events and, and and go to tournaments and, mm. and represent their, and, and their that country kind of and stuff like that. And that kind of touched on what Eric was saying as well. Like, mm. there's not there's not a lot happening for them. You no. know what I mean? Like, they I have don't. to fight for everything. Which and inspiring these example, like that's at a national level. Like, yeah. that's the highest it's going to get. You yeah. know, so you, you think there there will be a bit of funding or a way of supporting them a little bit more. Or yeah, mm. it was just like it, with 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 them guys. Um, uh, when I was there at the time, it depended on, you know, kind of who owned them, you know, because there was uh, uh, Cerebral Palsy Sport Ireland, there was Paralympic Ireland, yeah. there was FAI, there was, yeah, all different people and they kind of uh, fall through the cracks and all that. So, yeah. um, no no one entity uh, kind of owned them and I don't, I don't know where they're at now. Uh, I know that they've, they've kind of done their own thing, that they're, they're their own kind of entity now. Um, so, It'll be interesting to see now when I go out and see them in a couple of weeks. But uh, it was definitely a, a real opportunity for me at the time to work in international football. Uh, it was kind of me continuing to move up, uh, up through the levels and, yeah. and have a different mm. challenge. Um, but definitely after after two weeks, uh, it wasn't working with Paralympic athletes. It was just working with athletes. That was it. it was working with footballers, um, and it was uh, one one of the one of the best experiences that I've had. And it just so happened that uh, the Longford team got in the way of it. That, that was basically it. the long yeah. thing came around yeah. right at the wrong time and I had to step away and they did qualify for Rio and, and they done really well. So mm. You would have been on that plane? I would have been. I would have had... Would have uh, been an unbelievable experience. I would have had three or four Absolutely. weeks uh, down Copacabana. Not to say Longford wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, especially half our weeks in the car getting to it. That, that's something that that's something that we all say about the podcast is our favorite part is obviously we all know you, but our favorite part is meeting new people and having interactions and making new friends and just hearing other people's story. Like, what is your most like your biggest thing that, you've, that you've achieved <laughs> from from being involved in football? Like, well, what's the the proudest moment you've had, let's say. Well, so it, I do this thing uh, when I when I deliver uh, coach education courses um, uh, as part of my role, and we always do like a, a what do you call them things at the start? An icebreaker. We always we always do an icebreaker, and so one of the ones that I do is I always throw it out. What's your proudest moment in football, either as a player or as a coach? And I ask all all the room, and I always start with mine. Uh, mine, for as ever as long, uh, has always been the fact that. Uh, one of our players at Liffey Valley represented our country. Not that you represented our country. No, no, that that one of our players that should never have, should never have represented, right. should never have played at international level. Based on so we were sure you probably done well. No, no, no. This 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 boy was exceptional. Um, uh, Dylan McKeever, he was exceptional. Yeah, he was shit hot at the time. Oh, so Glenn Whelan's from Greenfort, isn't he? He's an Arsenal fan, though, isn't he? Glenn Whelan? No, Dylan McKeever. He is, yeah. Yeah, sorry to hear. He that. is. But 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 Glenn played. In the top league. Oh, I get you, sorry. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dylan didn't. I was found him getting a hard time was a bit unfair. Glenn Whelan. Oh, like, what, a, what a player. Yeah, I thought he was rock solid for us. No, what a player. But is that why yeah. you put it down to him? Like, he should never have played for? Yeah. It's purely because of the league that he represented? Because of the level that he was playing at. Yeah. Um, you know, he's playing in a, a public park. Uh, we don't have changing rooms. You know, we, we, you play out, you play out. Matches when the council say you play our matches, you know. That's a good point, Sparky. Actually, like, what, what, like from around the levels around here, like where clubs kind of tend to be at. Like, what is the difference between that and then making it to a really high level? Like, just for people that haven't played football at a at a decent level, like, what would you say the difference between kind of a local team and then a top team? Well, is? if you if you move up levels in football, uh, the difference is the intensity to it. Yeah. So everything that comes with that. So your ability to make decisions quicker, uh, make better decisions more often, your ability to execute your, your actions quicker, um, and, and that whole process of communicating with people, it all just goes up tenfold. So it's like anything. When we play when we play five-a-side or seven-a-side uh, on a Monday night, we might be look like good players because we play against, you know, uh, players that play the game slowly. Yep. But if we go and play you know, uh, with, with better players, the, the speed of the game goes up. So yep. you can't you can't maintain your actions. So that's the biggest difference is the the intensity of the game and what it forces players to do. So players don't they don't make decisions quick enough. They can't execute the decisions quick enough. They can't communicate with people around them quick enough. That's that's really the biggest uh, for me the, the biggest difference in the levels. Obviously, everything else changes as well. The, the environment, uh, the players around you, uh, the, the pressure and the, tension goes the, up. The emphasis on on your tactical role, all that stuff. But just the the level of the speed of the game. Going back to to Dylan, did you ever have a chat with him about? You know, playing at international level, considering was he taking the same journey as you in the sense of probably not wanting to go pro or anything? Did yeah, you ever have any discussions? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we'd load, yeah. We'd load. Um, he was the exact same as me. Just he was the exact same as me. Wanted to be with his mates. Yeah. And there was always yeah. something in his way. There was always something that he didn't want to do, you know, and you'd nearly have to fight with him. He had the ability to do oh. it, let's be honest. I remember, we, like, so I remember even down in, in, in Longford, like, there was a lot of... There was a lot of run-ins with Dylan, like, like, yeah, not necessarily sulking, but now on that he was much better. He had the talent, like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but in in the end, then 
it becomes a case where you're forcing him to do yeah, something yeah, that yeah, he yeah. doesn't want to do, and yeah. you don't want to do that either. Mm. And you got to try and you got to try and see it from his point of view because I knew it from my point of view. But it's just very difficult, you know. If if mm. if it, you have to remember that uh, kids are not mini adults, so mm. they don't think like we do now. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So. When you're talking to a kid, you're not they're not hearing the same message, they're not seeing it through the same lens. Exactly. So it's different. So you've got to try and you gotta You'd try love and be aware to understand that. that as a fucking kid, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like how powerful that would be. Yeah, that's that. why you that's why I, I think like, like when I done some parenting courses, lads, like the little details like come down to the child's level. Dress like them in the Stranger Things t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> no, but going down to that level <laughs> and trying to fucking word it in a better way that they'll understand it's it's them little details that really do help you, you know what I mean? Yeah. But um you were elaborating on that, Sparky, so you you always give an icebreaker saying that your your proudest moment in football. Yeah, and that was like if, if when I answer the question, what's my proudest, they always say that. Because right. at that time, um I was like I'm only a young coach, I don't know what age I am, maybe eighteen. 19 I'd say 18 um, and a player who came to you when he was 9 you know and I we used to always tell the story you know he had all the puppy fat you know he didn't look like a footballer mm. he didn't he didn't even want to be there kind of thing you know and then you see him go out and he pulls on the green short and you're like the, I've had a, I've had a part to play in, in this boy's opportunity today yeah. you know and uh, nothing lots of stuff has, has come close but nothing compares to uh, in terms of you feeling like there's an achievement there, you know, um, and it, like I get I get loads of that now because you're impacting on lots of players now in, in my in my current role. Um, because you're impacting on on so many players, but there are players who've already got to a level though, whereas yeah, you you're building someone and and not not to the not to the same uh, extent, mm-hmm. you know. So you you might play a part once a week with, with yeah, these yeah, players yeah. now, or you might play a part once every couple of months with international players or whatever, but. With Dylan, you you were the voice, you were the coach, you you know, and it was kind of like uh, vindication. Is that the word? Vindication. Yeah, you felt vindicated that you had. Yeah, it's vindicated like that. The, the I wasn't like, sure. I'm not gonna lie. I, <laughs> I don't really think I've ever even heard that word. Before. I've heard the word. I just <laughs> yeah. I was like, like just I don't know. All the yeah. work you put in had gone. What what you're doing is right, yeah, you yeah. know, um, because you're seeing a player. Uh, like I had I had times where as a young coach you, know, you make loads of mistakes you don't have a clue what you're doing you don't have a clue what you're doing you're just doing things that you've seen somewhere else and I remember giving a like diet and nutrition uh, sheets out to players I got them at Pats when I was 16 as well yeah so same thing so you I'm, were doing that at Liffey Valley yeah 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 and and I've parents come back to me saying what the fuck's this about I remember you actually got lads to piss in cups and all that was at Longford yeah that was not not at Liffey Valley but de- at Liffey Valley I gave you drug tested them uh, no, I, I think it was just to see that the water intake more so, wasn't yeah, it? Like we, that? We, at, Lo- at Longford. <laughs> I thought he was drug testing them as well. You get like, a charge for that Sparky. Yeah, at Longford. Right, lads, get them out. Into the cup. We, Sparky we, was getting drug tested. He needed piss, so we just asked all the lads, right, there's a month supply. You don't have to a football team in Clondalk and the cups would melt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is telling you, lads. That's the sink right there. But, um, Look, I, I know this is going, for people listening, I know this is going on a bit longer than expected. A few more questions to go through. Are you all right, Sparky? You in a hurry? Do you need to no. shoot out? Right, we're all good. Go Man, I'm just going to continue because I, I don't want to I don't want to waste what we have. You no, know what I'm saying? There's some uh, questions yeah, thrown into the comments there. Yeah, Connor Miley happened about an hour ago. I just didn't have the right time to get yeah, it. <laughs> Sorry, Connor. Connor, if you're still watching, um, Sorry, on buddy. the subject of motivating managing players, how do you motivate yourself on days that you're mentally not there or physically drowned? 
uh, I think you guys see bigger picture. Um, if 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 you zone in uh, or you zoom in, uh, you see you see very little. Uh, and when you zoom out, uh, you can you can always see the bigger picture. So if if there's days where I don't feel like you know whatever and I'm not at it or oh, I couldn't I couldn't be arsed doing this or whatever, you you just see the bigger picture. What are you there for? You're like for me, uh, the opportunity to impact what we see uh, on the TV with the senior team or whatever the case may be for me is always the motivating factor. So, uh, and then I always say to myself, there's a million other things that I could be doing that are worse. So just trying, uh, if you're talking about motivating myself, uh, always set goals. Um, not only set goals, but set like uh, a roadmap to those goals. Uh, and I'm always trying to, we spoke about earlier about uh, just putting, putting stuff down and, and trying to uh, give myself a roadmap to get there. And then, yeah, using the the wider lens. I don't know whether it's periscope or uh, what's the two scopes. What goes in and what goes out? Horoscope, horoscope, and periscope, <laughs> whatever. Is that right? You just guessed. No, no, no. A horoscope, a horoscope is like yeah. today a Gemini yeah, needs to be scared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, exactly what I was thinking. Whatever. Don't don't use the 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 zoom in. Periscope, telescope, telescope. telescope. Oh, periscope. And like the submarine thing. I don't know. One one of them zooms I in, what you're trying and to one say. of them zooms out. Yeah. So uh, try try and not zoom in. Camera lens. Out. That's what you're trying to say. Fucking horoscope. <laughs> right. Well, I suppose while we're asking questions that people are out there shooting in, we got a few questions on Instagram. You don't have to answer them if you don't want the sparks. Um, what do I say? Pass. No, we'll just judge you really hard for a few seconds. Someone yeah. said you also played really well against Azerbaijan. Nathan O'Shea, if that name rings a bell. You must have, know hundreds. We of have Finn Harps. Sparky loves a coffee. Finn Harps in the comment photo up as well saying coffee in hand. Yeah, yeah. And then Sparky yeah. a, a, picture, a picture of a koala beard. Is there a running joke there, Sparky? Yeah, that's our kit man with the 16s. Is <laughs> it? Yeah, yeah, shout out. Um, koala beers, yeah. Our first Instagram question, Sparky, is are there any, any coaches in the FAO you don't read? Jesus. I know. I just have to ask them. You can say pass Look, if you there's, want. There's, there's obviously... There's obviously uh, different levels of, of coaches and people that work uh, within the organisation but what I will say is the association you mean yeah yeah. <laughs> what I will say is and I say this to, to everybody we have some of the best coaches in the world in this country so why is it not translating Sparky good question fucking man. love it because like let's call it Sorry. Spades, baby. we've been dog shit for a while do you know what I mean well look oh, this is getting saucy now oh, but it is though like we're all struggle watching the Ireland matches like it's a running it's joke. It's not enjoyable anymore. It's boring. It's not it like what it was. It frustrates me to charge you 60 quid to go and see it because the standard is League One. You know what I mean? Like when we were growing up, Sparky, the days even in your gaff with all the banners yeah, and fucking everything. Yeah, Robbie Keane moments. Don't we don't them. get them now. Yeah, well, you, ha like you have to remember as well, uh, football has changed um, over the last 15... A lot more technical. 15 years. No, but the, the landscape of it has changed. So if you look back to 2002, whatever, our, our World Cup team... He's probably all Premier League players. Yeah. My favourite team. You know, uh, Damien Duff, Robbie team. Keane, everyone that was deadly. Staunton, Kilbane. Jeremy Keane at the back post. Yeah, so we've had, like, we, our, our best players in this country all went to the best academies in England. But now... Uh, they're going local, forcing that. No, not that they're going local, but our best players don't have the same opportunities because the academies are bringing in players from all over the world now. So the opportunities for our, our players are, are a lot... I said this on a podcast not too long ago, but is the problem the problem then for me to forward the game in Ireland needs to be serious investment in the air, well, I don't know, electricity league at this stage? Because yeah, yeah. if lads don't have a route straight into a professional football setting from here, then you're asking them to double job, go to work nine to five, get out and train four days a week as well. Do you know what I mean? It's just not there for them. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, like that. That, but as I say, the the landscape is completely changing, um, and for us uh, in the organisation or in the association, we're only one part of uh, player development. Obviously, the association plays a big role in that, but uh, there's a lot of emphasis now going on on the national leagues and the academies and uh, everything else that goes with that. And there's lots of good work happening. Um, but unfortunately, whilst we do good work now, uh, the rest of the world is doing good work. You know, so we've. We kind of find it difficult to, to keep up. Playing catch like up. We're yeah. catching up to them, but we need to overtake them in order to yeah. see progress. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there's like there's there's no doubt that uh, the where we're going or what we're trying to achieve is is you know is, is will bear fruits further down the line. But like in 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 any uh, in any team or in in in, in any organisation, there's a period in between all that. You know, and uh, we see now with some of the players in the in the senior team now uh, who've come through over the last number of years so these things sometimes just take they take time and without like say the FAI's opinion on your own particular opinion what do you think is the fastest route to get us back to a real competitive national team is investment in grassroots investment in the national league investment in Sunday leagues what yeah, do you think all, all the above yeah all the above in, in investment is is crucial isn't it like in anything and do we fall down there are we a little bit behind on that front yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But it, it, it's investment from everybody, yeah. you know. Like, uh, it, it's not just from from uh, the F the FAI yeah, investing. I mean. like th- there needs to be government investment. There needs to be investment within the national league. Um, so it's, it's not just as easy as, oh, we need to we need to throw money at it. You know, there needs to be. A, Do you uh, feel the FAI kind of get the brunt of it there unfairly then? Because there, there is the help needed from other departments that don't get caught. Like if I didn't have a bad result, it's all it's the FAI, but it, it could be directed elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I think I think we see we see a lot of the the negative uh, sides of the association, um, but I, well, probably there's far more positives oh, that we course, don't that yeah. we don't see. Um, so well, nobody cares about the boot. Though, every young up and down the country that puts their boots on and goes out and plays the weekend owes them something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So we just we gotta look at it, we gotta look at it from the point of view of right, what do we want to achieve, and how do we achieve that, and and it costs money. So what yeah, do you think of the the opinion now on the the manager of the Forest team now, like he's been yeah like he's he's been basically fucking hung out to dry at times. Well, it's, hasn't very, he? it's very easy because to see him trying to implement a different style though. So I think that takes times, and it's just the way things are at the minute. Yeah, if but it's like, not like, like, it's not good. And, and this is in me like he's the right man for the job. I don't think there's a right. I don't think you could have jobs. It doesn't matter. Team, it's yeah, exactly. Not, it's not going to go anywhere. Do you know what I mean? So like how many games the has it been? All the time is not going to do it. How many games has it been? Like without a win. Like I don't think he's won a game yet, right? But like he's won one, hasn't he? He might have. I don't know. Okay. I don't. I don't think yet. No, but this isn't a dig. No, it's not a dig like, at all. It's a slap. Like, it's like you said it. Like no matter who you, like, whoever you put in there. Yeah. Mm. The job's gonna be the same, but you know what I'm saying. Like if lads aren't making it to England, then we need to invest in our national league. So you can, if you can, don't have to go to them to get players from from Coventry so or whatever league ones, whatever you can get them from St. Pat's, get them from Rovers, bring them lads through. But my point is, like, is he just a scapegoat now? Is that all he's gonna be until yeah, we probably to get to a better? The new cycle is 24 hours now. Like if Ireland lose, you just want to blame someone for a day and then blame someone else the next day. Yeah, that's all. It's always gonna be like that for everyone. What's your your take on it? Well, it all depends again on the lens that you look at it. You said we haven't won a game in a while, but they've only lost one. Six. Oh, so a draw fair. specialist. I seen a thing the other day. If you back to Ireland to draw one all in every look game, look at the Portugal game. Those backs, like that's. It depends what way you look at it. The reality of it is that change takes time, and it takes patience. Yeah. And you have to back people. So you're Ali in, eh? <laughs> I would be Ali out, but I, I would certainly be uh, be of the opinion that in this, like, what what do we do? We just keep changing. That's what I'm saying. You know, like it's not the manager's fault. The talent pool's not there at the minute at the top level. Like, well, I, th- I think I think it it's. 
it's there, um, but it's young. But do you think the so selection could time. be better though? Who are we putting in? Who are you taking out? Who are you putting in? Oh, well, it's just a general question. Like this is what I'm saying. Like it doesn't matter who you put there. I don't think there is. You don't think a team that's competitive currently there. Like no, I would imagine the FAI have know more about these players than either of us. So I would imagine like, there's a lot of research goes into the lads that get to put on that. Jersey. But also when you look at the level of players that we're bringing in, or so like, stats driven now as well. Are we, are we taking players in who can't get into the English side, but they haven't like an Irish grandmother? So. Fuck it, you'll get a game here type of thing. In terms like, of quality, if they're better players, then I remember yeah, like. I'm all for that as well, yeah, it doesn't yeah. bother me. If they're, mm. better, if they're better players, then they're better players. Yeah, well, it's a results like, game. Like that, I said, even the, like, that 2002 World Cup team, like that's my favourite Irish team. There's a few of that Rocketeer. as well. Fucking, so, by that logic, like if you we know? get Grealish and, and Royce that time, we no, win all them games, no, I lose them games. There's no questions asked. I, mean, I know. Like, I, that's not me like saying, oh, mm. we shouldn't settle for that. Yeah. I'm asking because I remember seeing a point before we should kind of like scout even further than England for. Like players with Irish heritage, you know what I mean, to bring in. Yeah. Like the likes of America and stuff like that, or Australia, where you would find people with Irish heritage. I guess that's, that's just probably where we're at at the minute. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. Like, We got another question, but we kind of touched on it from Coach Allen. What sparked your interest in coaching? But we touched on that already. <laughs> that was a good um, point. Wordplay. If you could change anything in the Irish game, what would it be? Perception. The perception that we, we have of... Uh, what we are, what we can be. Um, I think we've 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 seen uh, a change in the style of play that we have at the very top. Um, but I just think sometimes we we don't we don't believe that we can you know we can we can be really good that we we can produce good players. I'm telling you now, uh, the, the issues that we have in this country. Uh, all stem down for me anyway. Stem down to that we don't just don't have enough uh, quality. We don't produce enough quality players. We produce. We can produce as good a player, uh, you know, as as the top countries. We have the we have as good coaches as the top countries, but we just don't have enough. Is there something sparky like? Obviously, we touched on it earlier, but when I went watching yourself for. Uh, Crumlin and I remember one Ireland game when all the lads were involved like um, Aaron Doran who was a fucking baller Connor Clifford was one of the best footballers I've ever seen literally he he like obviously I went to we went to Shells games religiously as kids and we, we were big fans of watching football week in week out but Connor Clifford for me like I was convinced I, I even followed him when he moved to Chelsea obviously because I watched him a few times with you there was a bit of a and obviously that he was mad about me ex at the time I think he was with me ex at the time we had a little bit against him but at the time it's all good now Connor don't worry but he was a baller he actually scored I was only saying to Jay before he came in he scored one of the best goals I've ever seen I think it was in, in the FA Cup for Chelsea youth he used to like, always do it he he was unbelievable. At, like he always scored crackers, right? But I remember watching with you for one of the Ireland games, and saying to myself, "Fucking hell, that's some player. He's gonna be like the next big thing." But like, what the fuck, like? And I watched him for Chelsea. Like I used to, I was subscribed to. Obviously, I, I was ahead of the game with people knowing you could watch YouTube Chelsea channels and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I watched Connor play. Like a lot of the time, Frank Lampard and called he him was, out on that. He was always quality. What Frank Lampard called him out in a Chelsea TV interview. They were Co- asking him about is there any players coming through the academy that you'd like to watch, 
And he was like, yeah, he said someone else. And then he said Connor Clifford. He says, I think he might have even said he might be the next Chelsea captain. Now, I could have made that up. But, but he that, said, he called him out. He said he was deadly. Like, that's Frank where Lampard. I thought, I genuinely thought he was going to get... It's a big stamp get, of approval, that. I, I thought he was going to get to that level. Like, I, I genuinely believe there's something about being Irish holds you back. Nah. No, I don't think so. Robbie Kane, look at Robbie Kane's record so, no. against any English strikers. Really, no, but I think it's Lineker. like Robbie every Kane's every single star. game. Like obviously, I haven't watched every single game, but every single game we have watched Connor playing, he was a standout player. Like, what is it that like? Where, where did he, he went to Portsmouth? Then did he? Do you know? Uh, dropped down the next and came know, back to Ireland. Down. Then I think. Yeah, I, I think. He's but I don't. For I don't Pats think. Now or something, is he? He's playing in the National League. I don't think you can generalise it based on, on, on Connor's person. situation. Um, mm. You know, for every... But there was a few. There, there was the Arden Gordon too. He played for Blackburn. He actually played his full game against Liverpool, I think. That's right, yeah. Um, I remember watching, I think we were in Mousy's cap or something. I could have been the Coco. But I remember him coming on and all of us being the light. And then he, again, had a very good game. But then you've, he just fizzled out. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like... like but for, Maybe for I'm every, just saying it because for every, I followed your level and all the players that were at your level. Yeah, yeah. But for every uh, Irish player that you're naming there, there's hundreds of English players in just the same know, situation. So it's I not a, you can't generalise it as. But as that brings us back thing. to the question: then, is it a coaching thing? Because if the, uh, is the hundred English players at a higher footing from the off? Are they being coached better? Are they technically better? Are they fitter? Like, and I read the thing about the Dutch team used to like take away any sort of weights or something and just do ball for a few years. Or, or boys, like everyone coaches differently. So are we four behind them? Just, just before I forget, who was the other player? There was another player who who done well, and I think he, he was playing for Salford last season. Adam Rooney. No, we played for Dundalk and then went back over. Richie Tell. Richie Tell. He, he, he was another baller at the time that yeah. I thought was fucking unbelievable. You know, so many players like. Seen Adam Rooney score twice against Celtic in Celtic Park. Sorry, Martin, I didn't mean to cut across that question. No, but, but I, th- I think if you if you if we try and uh, bring it all that the whole the whole thing together, um, Irish the young Irish players now have it's a different route for them now. So we're talking about the, the 2002 World Cup team, uh, the best play, uh, English academies, and they played in the Premier League. That that's not not such an option now. Particularly with Brexit, they can't go till they're 18 anyway. So the landscape has changed. But the oh, problem really Bre- Brexit affected that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, in, in, I didn't know that. You need no, a walk permit or something. An right? Irish born boy can't can't go to a, uh, an English academy until they're 18 now. It's, it's completely different. So but that's Holy like fuck, uh, that, that's the force. That's then. basically force team level as well, though. That yeah. is, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, so it's yeah, a lot harder. but but that's been coming down the tracks for a while because you've got the likes of Seamus Coleman and that who stay here, play in the national league, and then move uh, across things. So that's been happening. But what you've now got is a situation where it, all of our our top young players are going to be developed at home in the national league. So now we've we've got to bring up uh, the level within the national league to. Uh, be of a similar standard and it, these players can, it, it's can obviously in. different now because the coaches are genuinely are genuinely sorry going to be that bit older so they have the opportunities to go abroad by the time they're at the level that the Irish football needs do you know what I mean do you know what I'm trying to say so if, you, if you're if you an 18 year old football or let's say 17 year old footballer and you're a fucking baller you can't go anywhere but by the time you're a good coach if you're 30 year old and you're a good coach the opportunity's there if you're already to go to England as a good coach yeah, yeah but like so it's easier for, this is what I'm saying it's so easy for the coaches to go and not the players so there's an imbalance there how are you going to keep the best coaches in the country to help improve the younger players when they, they like if they're good coaches they're gonna go to the UK 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we've got a, a major issue with our best coaches going to the UK. But I think what, what you're going to have to have over the, the next 10, 15 years is an industry being built in Ireland. Um, That'd be amazing. A football industry. We, we don't have that at the moment. We have we have uh, clubs, part-time outfits, um, National League clubs doing the best that they can on really low budgets, trying to, trying to provide all of the underage National League teams. So I think over the next couple of years... Uh, what you'll see is is that that landscape kind of change, um, but uh, where we're at at the moment is we're kind of it's it's kind of at that uh, pivotal moment of where where change just is going to take some time, you know. Mm. So if we can get that industry over the next 10, 15 years, like 10, 15 years in football is nothing. It's well, a lot in air life. One generation of player. That's it. One generation. What is the mood like within the FAI? Like already. Like, would it be optimistic of where they're trying to get to? Or is it just like, right, we're figuring it out now type of thing. We're trying to regroup again. Like, Yeah, yeah. I think, like you've, I said already, you've got, uh, for me, some of the, the best coaches uh, in, in the world working uh, within the Irish game, working for the association. Some of our national team managers are as good as I've seen. And they, they, they go and they do stuff in UEFA and they put uh, stuff on in all FAs across the world. And, you know, there's, the standard that we have is absolutely... Uh, second to none, in my opinion. And Sparky, just for a second, sorry, you see the way you're involved with a national team at the 16s? Yeah. Do you receive direction then from, say, Stephen Kenny, like at the top level, he wants all the levels below him playing the similar style as him, so he's saying we're playing out from the back, you're playing out from the back now. We're playing 4-2-3-1, so are you. Yeah, well, it, w- it would it would come more so um, from within the high-performance department uh, that there would be principles of play that all the underage teams would adhere to. But it's not just the underage teams, it's everything beneath that. Um, so the National Academy, the Emerging Talent Programme, all would train under the same themes. Um, so it's a blueprint that, that we would work off. There's I mean, there's flexibility within that course, but it would be consistent um, with a lot of the same messages right from when the players come in at uh, league level, at under 11, right the way through to the senior national team. And that directive now is to be more possession-based, play out from the back? Kind of. Yeah, like a, a, a building out from the back, so that all starts with the player development plan. So the player development plan is uh, right from the grassroots game which, you know, has seen where, uh, for instance, with an under uh, an, an under eights game, uh, where there's a retreat line on the pitch. So the retreat mm. line is there to allow the goalkeeper to have a free pass out to the defender rather really? than boot it up the pitch. That's such a clever idea. Yeah. So like, but this is what I'm saying about uh, our perspective and, and what people see us as. Uh, like there's already a plan in place, so like just... People aren't seeing it that way. Yeah, like it's been. It's hard to see it though because they're only seeing the main side of it. That's all they see. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, see, only, they see the seeing. results on 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 TV. And, yeah. Uh, you can't blame people though. With the wrong badges. That's all they're being shown. You know what I mean? You don't get to see the retreat line at an under eight game. I've never even heard of it, but it's a great idea. You know? No, it is. I think it got implemented with us, like when I was coaching at Liffey Valley, and I think it was literally my last year, or no, second last year. It started getting put in place. You know what I mean? Would you have liked that? You're a goalkeeper. Would that? Would you suit that? Can't remember, like, like when I was that age playing football, like it was literally, like yeah, it wasn't ball down and yeah. get it up to fucking Aaron Bean who'd score seven goals a game. Well, it's an extra element; it gets the kids thinking as well, so that's good too. Yeah, yeah. Next question, Sparky, is from a friend of yours by the name of Mark Joyce. He said, "When he trained you five days a week, why did he not receive a jersey in Grange? I did." <laughs> There's obviously a bit of fucking. Yeah, I tell you what, he did. To be fair, he did. Uh, we were down the call cut nearly every day and he'd be, remember he'd be booting himself. balls at me and he, he came out the first time I went uh, for an international assessment he came out and 
Yeah, you probably should have got a jersey, but I've got one there for you because they're, they're nothing now. <laughs> you can have one now. <laughs> you but can have one now. We'll take one for the studio as well, Sparky. Fair play, but... Um, <laughs> oh, Jay, you asked this. I don't even want to ask it. <laughs> I'm only Fucking asking but stupid. it's not my question it's actually from Colin no, but it is your question it's like not you, though you love that question <laughs> what's your favourite wrestling finishing move oh. <laughs> Conor Moyley can take the heat on that one because I didn't ask it no we'll have that conversation was, that, was it from Conor Moyley was yeah, it you can if check. we can spend the next 45 minutes talking wrestling I'll be, I'll be not know coming you back. would that's just hurry up and get it over with <laughs> go so which fella in, in Stone Cold Stunner which bloke in jocks covered in baby oil do you like watching the most the rock <laughs> So I'll go rock bottom. I say you rock. like his rock already. Fucking hell. Oh, yeah, listen, the rock's good. Right. Pretty charismatic. <laughs> I, I was gonna I, I had I was gonna <laughs> talk about the vlogs and all the shit that happened with me and the boys, but I think it's we're at the going on long enough to, to talk about all that stuff. So we'll leave that for now and we'll get straight into the quick fire questions before we finish up. That fair enough? Alfred. Right. Best play you've ever trained. Ah. Oh. What what's the what's the con like what's one you've won them just ability, give us a name yeah like ability wise or who you think well see again depends on on uh, the lens like, how how much <laughs> how how much of an impact have I had on them like the association mean, loves lenses <laughs> there's so many players that you you've had a very minor impact on and so many players fuck that you've had the a impact. maximum impact fuck on. the impact uh, okay. we're not talk- we're not saying what player is the most impact we're asking the best player you've ever trained. <laughs> uh, Jason Knight. Who's that Derby, was he? He's at Derby now. Yeah. Still at Derby? Yeah. Okay. He's involved in the national team now. In your opinion, it? who's the best player in the world? Currently. Right now? Mm. Mo Salah. I, th- I just think, like, if we're talking about currently form, currently form, like, you can't go outside Messi or Ronaldo, but. Uh, right, he, he, right now. Messi or Ronaldo. Coach, you have no, we know what he's going to say. Like, no, 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 no we don't know what he's going to say. The go. The go. Who? Uh, Ronaldo. Oh, I'm surprised by that. There you go. <laughs> take that back. He's a fucking guys. coach. He appreciates the work. They're both as good. I take either of them. Yeah. No, we agree. I think, it's a, either, I think yeah. it's a stupid argument. Ronaldo's well. Uh, and you still brought it up. The, the greatest manager of all time. Now, the, this one. The, this one is definitely not going to. No, it's a no-brainer. Should be. If he's an honest man. I think it's a no-brainer. You're not not a fan either. Greatest manager of all time. Come on. It's killing him. It's not. because you you, you all want me to say Alex Ferguson. You're going to say Brian Clough. You're going to say Rava Benitez or something. Brian Clough at Forest. Best manager of all time. Still shanked. There's one who will. My sway. Go on. Tony Cousins. (laughs) <laughs> totally. That, biggest impact on me. Uh, right, we go. Uh, I always loved Arsene Wenger. Yes, I always loved Arsene Wenger. I don't Sex know why. That's you just. Like, oh, I'm not gonna argue with that. If you if you look at look, I can say the same about Ferguson. Um, but you you want you just don't want to say Ferguson. Though, well, I tell you. Well, I tell you why is, I don't want to say is, Ferguson. I don't. Because right. we're here. No, no, because Ferguson was a manager. Right? Now, I don't claim to know everything about Where Wenger, you think, is more of a coach. 
coach. I, I think you, if you use your terminology now, I think you and Wenger look at football through but the same But the fucking question is manager. <laughs> who is the best manager? I didn't say who's the best coach because a coach... Yeah, Guardiola's right, a coach. He's not a manager. Or just torn down exactly. Shouty McGarvey there. Shut your mouth. <laughs> right, so, so, so the best manager, would you still say Wenger? Managed the whole club to be fair to him. He managed the club. I'm not yeah. gonna disagree, but I just want no, to know if he still no, has no. the same answer. No, this is supposed to be quick for us, quick fire. Well, if I say Ferguson, we move on. If I don't say yeah. Ferguson, then we we, we stay here. Yeah. Circles. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? Really. That's such a fair so just say. So uh, say someone else. Rafa. Yes, be our own man, Sparky. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite coach you walked under? As a player. Yeah, Froggy. Froggy's a good skin. I like Froggy. Yeah, uh, as, as a manager, or as anything else. As a little boy, as an adult, uh, I've learned so much from so many. But uh, currently, assistant to Paulo Salmon to Sixteens Boys, and uh, I've I've learned so much walking with him, and, and continue to learn so much walking with him. You're Paulo Salmon's assistant. Okay. Yeah. I used to remember going Best to him at Richmond. That's crazy. Yeah, no one cares about you, man. Best team you've ever watched. <laughs> Pull that bandana over his mouth. <laughs> Best team I've ever watched. Pep's Barca. Uh, it probably would be, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, Pep's Pep's Barca. Uh, but the team I enjoyed, Arsenal. The team I enjoyed watching most was uh, twenty nineteen Liverpool. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. So yeah, Liverpool fan. They somebody. were blowing everybody away. It was four 0 after half an hour in every game. Okay, next question. <laughs> <laughs> Best player you've ever played with, other than me? Played with? Not allowed to say me. Best player. Uh, I want you to say one person. Who? Connor. Connor Clifford. Mm. Oh, he was a good player. He was a good player. Um, he's not going on your podcast, Gary. Yeah, I love. Get on if I want. I love playing with Andy Boyle. Uh, I love playing with Richie Towell. Played against him in a um, school final. He was a nightmare. But Richie, Richie Towell was very good as well. To be fair, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Connor Horham. Played with him at international football. Oh no! Yeah. Why did you? Yeah. Man's out here flexing. Oh, no, that's all that was. Big that was flex. literally Big just a flex. flex. <laughs> uh, yeah, biggest inspiration in coaching. Ooh. I like that. That's a good question. Thanks. Came up with that myself. It was so me. Oh, was a it? person. A person that's my biggest inspiration hmm. in coaching. Biggest oh. inspiration in coaching. Like, like, like it coaches, could be some from you see on TV. Or yeah, it could be Granger. Like, it could be anyone. Like, I say to everyone, like coaches are like, we're like the best robbers. We take something from everybody. From everyone. Yeah, okay, so but one you take the most from. <sighs> I'll Stop go, beating around the bush with oh, these, will you? I have to go Froggy. Sparky, right. your football doesn't work out. You'd be a great politician, mate. I have to go Froggy, yeah. <laughs> this is a, this is actually a... It, it, I think you're going to have to go one way. Ireland or Liverpool? Oh, Ireland. Mm. I was born in Ireland. I only started supporting Liverpool. Yeah, but you get to win silverware with Liverpool. No, we get there. What was the most difficult moment in your football career or... Watching <laughs> or like, what was the hardest moment for you to deal with yeah. football related? Gary driving the go kart over him the night before West Ham. Excuse me. Two. I'll, I'll go. I'll go two. Two things then. Most difficult, uh, like where you where it was hard or you feel horrible. Uh, one was when I was leaving the valley to go to Longford and telling the players because it was four months between knowing I was going to Longford and telling anybody other than Derek. Mm-hmm. Um. So that was horrific. Uh, and then at Longford, the first time we got battered, 
I mean battered. What was that? What was the battering? What was the score? Uh, it was like seven, seven nil. Or Eight nil, no. Yes, I don't absolute drubbing. Oh, why, why? Why is that the hardest? Like, because you just that happens in football. Like, do you know what I mean? So, like, but you just start doubting yourself, and you, everything is just like I'm not good enough. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm out of my depth. Uh, all that sort of stuff. And I got a phone call from Tony Cousins, who was the first team manager, and I didn't want to answer. Like, yeah. I don't want to tell him what the fucking score was. There must be a feeling of helplessness because if you're a player, you can get stuck, you can do a little bit yeah. extra on the pitch, you're absolutely. dependent on other people. Absolutely. And at the time, I was getting a bit of stick from uh, some people. And who's these people? Uh, just parents and. and uh, want to call them out? No. no. <laughs> yeah, Jeff smashed them up, won't you? No, no, smashed no. them up. Um, he has his fighting bandana on. <laughs> yeah, and people people are say, <laughs> yeah. people are saying you're not good enough. Uh, people are saying you're too young. People are saying you're not qualified. And then what you're doing is is uh, producing, you know. So you had a bit of that. Andres Villas Boas about you. I just felt <laughs> horrific. And Tony was ringing me, and Actually I didn't answer. And I was on the bus. We we're on the bus on the way back, and he didn't answer. I didn't answer. I was like I can't fucking talk to him. And Derek again. You have to answer him. He's, he's fucking ringing you. Like so, answer him, and he just says. Uh, uh, We've all had them days. Uh, don't worry. Tony is a legend. Don't worry. Um, I'm 100 percent behind you. Uh, don't don't be don't be beating yourself up. You'll 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 have much better days. And actually, I uh, met him for a coffee uh, not so long ago, and I never actually got. What's to he doing now? He's coaching with Shamrock Rovers. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, underage. Underage, yeah. And I never got to say you know everything that I wanted to say to him when I left because it was kind of all yeah just happened so quick. How did you uh, live actually? Sorry, I got a job at the FBI. That was it purely. Yeah, and I said to him, uh, look, you know, I'm getting a job, uh, but it's only for a couple of weeks, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how this goes. And then the job got extended a bit more, and, you know, he was kind of saying, oh, look, could you stick around? And I was like, no, I can't keep... Did he purely have influence over you, though? Like, like, let's say he wanted you out of it. Let's say, like, you just weren't doing it. And he was like, like would he have the influence to say, hey, look, just... I need to find someone else. Get yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. we've done it with, with the people before. Was like, so, he's a first-time manager. He's, mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's in charge, so... Uh, so I met him a couple of weeks ago for a coffee and I was able to say, look, you know, fucking everything you've done for me, the opportunity you gave me, the amount of learns I had, how young I was, the risk you took, that time on the phone when we got hammered, all that stuff, you know, just great to be able to say thanks very much. And he was kind of saying, you know, you you, you didn't realise where you were at at that time, but, you know, I could see and we could see that you were you were streets ahead of where you should have been and all we were doing was, was giving you an opportunity. That was all, but... He said, I promise you, we were getting as much of it as you were. So, uh, yeah. Makes it all well, world, yeah. They're, they're part of the stories, aren't they? Like, long for that big part of your story. Like, oh, 100%, yeah. Do you know what I so mean? Like, the memories. Love that, yeah. That's what I'm saying. If 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 a book is written, they're a big fucking 13 and a half pages in it, aren't they? Sure, I said it to you on uh, Monday and Astro. I'd be shocked when the story's finished if you don't coach at a League One level minimum. Except to see Sparky in a toilet race soon enough. Yeah. I don't, do you know what? I think uh, the only thing is, would he be a, a suit man or a tracksuit man on the sideline? Sparky would be Andre Villaboas. That's what I'm saying. Looking right? slick, looking sharp, I mean? listen, stylish football. Listen to this, right? Just a top button open, no toy. Sparky yeah. reminds me, j- j- just from past experiences, right? I think Sparky is like a Gary Neville. No. Jesus. He really. is so He's knowledgeable. He's the worst manageable career ever. Gary Neville. No, listen. <laughs> Number one, it's, it was in Spain, right? I would love nothing more than Gary Neville to try coach again in the UK game. I think he gets an awful time over. Big difference between an analyst and a coach, though. Mm-hmm. Look, maybe I'm wrong, but Sparky's... Actually, you know what? Fuck what I just said. The lads didn't believe me when I said that. You don't watch football. 
uh, no, outside of outside of Liverpool and obviously the senior team. Uh, like if you if you name like a couple of Premier League players to him, like he won't have a clue. We are not. So like if you're a big mad Liverpool fan or whatever, how do you keep up with a title race or something? Like you've just it's literally a case of just checking live scores. Game to game, like Liverpool. That. You, you that's don't it. bother watching City or um, City are playing Chelsea and Liverpool. Fucking. You'd probably watch a United game if all the lads invited you or something. But no, but you wouldn't even watch it then, do you? I know. I don't. I look, I just because you're so immersed in football twenty four seven. I wouldn't go home and watch a match that didn't involve Liverpool. Yeah. Now, like, if there's a Champions League final on or something, like, it'll be on the background if you're with lads. But I won't be sitting at home watching it myself, um, unless I have to do something work related. Just on that, Sparky, like you're very committed to all aspects of affording yourself, even as a coach and a manager outside of football, just well-rounded. So when you hear people like Arsene Wenger, who you mentioned as one of the best managers, saying he will watch football 24-7, yeah, yeah. Yeah. how does that hit your ear? Are you like, oh, that's something I need it's to It's interesting because the, the last set uh, of kind of goals, objectives, uh, improvement areas that I set myself pre-pandemic was that I said I, I needed to watch more football really? to, to stay you know, up with modern trends and engaged with what was going on in, in world football but like even today say Liverpool and Liverpool and City like I'm watching it and after three minutes I'm completely zoned out like, it's just there do, do you up. ever sorry man on, do you ever like just sit down and so when you are watching Liverpool can you sit down and just watch the match and not nitpick or do you, are you like seeing yeah. things where you're no, like no 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 I've, 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 I'm completely just watching the game take and walk away from it like yeah yeah, so it was funny because uh, someone said to me a couple of weeks ago. So uh, when, when we deliver coach education, we have like uh, micro groups, so coaches that we work specifically with. So there could be a group of twenty four, and I would work specifically with six of those. So you'd have one to one meetings and stuff, and you know, uh, one of the lads was saying, "Yeah, yeah, I watched the Ireland game last night. We were actually at the game. Uh, I watched the game and I seen this and I seen that. And I'm thinking I didn't see any of that. Really? <laughs> I seen nothing. I just seen eleven v eleven on the pitch, and because you just watch it as a fan, so. Uh, I find it really difficult to enjoy football. I end up just scrolling, just mm. on my phone scrolling. That's crazy. I find it so difficult to, unless I am analysing the game, yeah. which is me sitting there like with pen and paper. Today, for example, was a really good end to end game. Like, yeah. were we clued into that, or were you too nervous about coming down here? Like, <laughs> sh- sh- no. sh- like now, I like if I was at home, I'd be glued into that. But because yeah, I was setting up here, I, I just no, had. A I wasn't. I wasn't glued into it. As I said, after three or four minutes, I'm I'm zoned out. I'm just I'm just watching it. It's just there. I couldn't tell you, like what the systems were. Like I know how Liverpool play because I watch them all the time. But I couldn't tell you what City done differently to what they might have done last week. Yeah. On, on that systems thing, I read an article the other day and they were talking about the job Arteta's doing at Arsenal and it's some new type of coaching called JDF or something, or JDP, Wega the football or something. We're saying Klopp does it, but he changes it to play vertically. You ever no. hear anything about that? No, no, no. no. Sounds a bit... Sounds he said there was only five coaches doing it or something and that's why clubs are sticking with certain managers and yeah. Arteta was the example he was trying to implement it. Right. You're actually no. telling me about that, I remember. Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was an interesting article because you cut the pitch off in sections so you only focus on your section so if the ball is over on the right wing and you're the left hole there's a square on the pitch you were meant to be in. Yeah, yeah look, like, we do that. The coaches would do that uh, quite a lot. You you split the pitch vertically and horizontally you might yeah. put it into five, five zones and when you're working you've got Areas of the pitch that people need to be in at specific yeah. times, so that would be just reactionary. If the ball's over there, I need to be here, so just get over and stuff. But it's more like it's more like a, a pattern for a player, you know. So they yeah. know when when the ball's in a certain area, this is where I need to be consistently, you know. But the last question, Sparky, 
is this must be the longest podcast ever, is it? it is believe it or not, it's us? not, but it's long enough. I'm holding a piss a good solid hour. Oh, mate, you have no idea. <laughs> well, I'm just like, go. I was about Sorry to, to lower the tone, but I am bursting. Just, just leave it on the on the lads. No, no, I'm professional. Just I'm go. here and I'm walking. Just get on with it. There's no issue, lads. There's no, you don't need to ask to go to the toilet. Just fucking Here's go. You'll hear stranger things now when this bottle starts filling up in a second, watch. I'm thinking at the start, who's going to, I've said to you during the week or whenever you said it to me, like, who's going to want to listen to, uh, Shit about me. Let look, I told you. Look, the first I'm person not, I asked for two hours. I'm not, to talk to yeah, you. Martin actually requested you. <laughs> yeah, Martin, when I got are, into Martin's this, I was like, I love Sparky. Do you know what? I can't do it, man. I need to go. Go. Um, you were, Martin requested you when you were Martin's number one. And look, <clears> don't get me wrong. This is a very. What's the word I'm looking for? Interesting. I talk no, about football all night. Like, it is interesting, but. No problem. It's a very. Personal? Pacific. Specific. Specific is a body of water, Jason. Yeah. Fuck off. Grammar police. Like, you're only going to have a certain amount of people that are into football yeah, actually yeah. listening to this, whereas our podcasts are normally a wider range. Yeah. I mean, but th- really that's, why we include, that's why we include the funny stories at the start and stuff, you know? Yeah. But you didn't go too deep on the football either. Mm. Not like intricate, intricate coaching stuff. Yeah, well, how, how long is the podcast running for now? We are, what are we, two... 26 into it 30 minutes at the start 226 well, our run time is 2 hours and 56 minutes 30 minutes at the start oh yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah so 226 yeah 226 um, the last question was Sparky the greatest achievement in football so far long hour list mate what I got asked this question in an interview at one stage and it threw me and I'm going to answer it the same way I answered it then oh, every uh, day is a new achievement just uh, just the the, the kind of body of work, experience, accomplishments that I have uh, to the age that I am would, would be... 100% agree with you. Uh, in, a, in a broad spectrum, that would be the kind of thing that I'm... If you're talking about me. Like I was only talking to Jay Farrell. It's, it's it. a gradual kind of achievement. Like I, I don't want to uh, pick out one specific thing. Like you could say... Uh, like So we said we talked about being proud. Uh, so being proud, the proudest moment or whatever what was was Dylan, Dylan playing... Playing for Ireland, and that will always be that because yeah, but that was that was. Uh, it's hard to explain exactly the feeling that you get when one of. No, uh, no, we can imagine your own players, and he feels mm. like I don't know what it'd be like if mm. one of your kids played for him, but that's what it kind of feels like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but if we're talking about like biggest achievement now, uh, it's very difficult because at every stage of uh, my career or whatever you want to call it, he definitely didn't wash his hands. No, go on. Uh, Pissy there's, there's, fingers. There's been a, a gradual uh, step forwards all the time. It's mm. always been like next step, next step, next step, next step, and each of them at the time felt like the biggest thing ever. Mm. And I always say, people always say to me like, "How come you never went away? How come you never like went to America coaching or anything like that?" And I always say, "I wish I did, but I always had something here that kept me here. Yeah, something, sorry, something that was like bigger than the next thing. You know, b- bigger than the last thing. I should say the next thing is bigger. So if you ask, well, what's the biggest achievement? Like it could be uh, your yeah. wife." If we're talking about football, funny <laughs> <laughs> joke. There was a few years there you were screaming out for players on trials in America and coaches to go to America. What was that all about? Uh, no idea, but I was I was working for a, a scholarship company trying to get players yeah, across. It, the, it just blew up overnight. Yeah. So if you say like, what's what's the biggest achievement? All of them felt like the biggest achievement at the time. So I would say that uh, everything encompassed in that for being thirty. I know I'm not young anymore, but I feel like I'm. I'm very well experienced. Uh, Agreed. I have a, a, a decent level of knowledge, and not and then you know every day of school, I never finished learning. But 
uh, I would say that you know everything together by the age of thirty is 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 not bad. You know, great answer, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just to elaborate on your question, there saying like I don't know why people would want to listen to me. There's a lot of people that look up to you, Sparky. There's a lot of people that inspire me. Being one of them, I am very proud of where you are. Um, as much as we haven't really been that close, I'd still fucking do want and feel. I still clash as my little brother. Anyone ask me who my best mate is, even though we don't spend time together, you're still the number one name on my list. The only it's funny actually when I f- I joked with Sparky one time saying, "Oh, Kelly's pregnant." And your your godfather, do you remember that? Funny joke. It, it it was a joke. And then she actually did get pregnant. And only <laughs> You couldn't only, back wait to run, listen, listen, listen. The only reason the only reason Mousy got it over Sparky, and I don't care what Mousy thinks about this, is that Mousy is the reason I I was with Kelly. He introduced us. So that was the only deciding factor. Otherwise, I would have had been you. Do you know what I mean? And I, I always had planned on being you, but just how things planned out. That's sorry, Mousy. <laughs> just how things planned out. That that's how it worked. But it's gonna look, be a rift in the group. A, a, a lot of people respect it around the area, Sparky. And after after me having Keith and Pamela on, we we had a couple on last week who their kids are they're having a lot of issues and they're they're trying to f- uh, they're trying to fund um, getting. An extension, an extension on the house and stuff, and it just made me like. Obviously, we had you planned on coming on anyway, but in, another person from the area reached out, and I'm like, oh, I want to kind of highlight the people in the area now. I was saying this to his lads after Keith and Pamela came on. Like, I think there's so many people in this area that have achieved so much, whether it be yourself who aren't recognised enough, whether it be Enya Martin, whether it be the Keats and Pamela, whether it be the the people who are in our DMs telling us the stories that they're going through and like And it's not all negative, let's be fair. It, it's not always like like, it's all like positive. stories as well. Like it's all positive, but in the yeah. sense that like no, someone has a good story to come on and share. All the I mean? stories like there's a few negative stories but the, like overall it's positive, you know yeah, what I mean? 100%. And it just it just brought me to Oh, fuck, I'm going to want to highlight the area a little bit. Do you know what I mean? I don't care. I don't care if we're a local podcast or we don't. Do you know what I mean? Once we're getting good stories out there and everything else, which yours is a good story. Like you said, you're only 30 years of age. You're at the progressing very far in your career for such a young age. You're already coaching 16 years. Like, yeah, like, that, like, you know like, like you, 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 you look at, like, I'm, I'm sure you're an inspiration to Gary. Is it Gary? 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 Carry your sisters. Oh, yes, yeah. Jesus. Darren, Darren. Sorry. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, the, and and Sorry, your story Gary. is interesting. Like, how you've got to where you've got the fact that you, like, I'm sure there's loads of footballers that will probably, li- hopefully, that will probably listen to this and say, geez, oh, that's how we felt when I was playing. Like, I wanted to go abroad, but I didn't want to go abroad. Do you know what I mean? So people mm-hmm. resonate with you, and that's what it's all about. But overall, how did you find it? Uh, it's gone way longer than I thought it was going to Luke go. Luke was. You're in trouble was. when you get home, Spark. Uh, Same definitely, with yourself. Definitely in big trouble. Um, yeah, look, it's, as, as I said at the start, it, it's out of my comfort zone for two or three minutes. Mm. And then after that, it's it's just you're just kind of chatting. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I, got, I won't listen to a back one. Oh, that, that's for certain because you don't have a spare three hours <laughs> 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 yeah. well it won't be three hours once we edit the start yeah, absolutely no because I'll end up I'll end up just 
uh, critiquing yourself. You're being unhappy with certain things or the way you answered certain things or whatever. So yeah, I said a few things around like fuck. It's, oh, good, it's good to correct yourself because you speak in public forums all the time, so you can watch it back. But that's I'm, I'm not gonna lie. That's a little bit like. I know how, how we are normally and I know we are very professional when you're like yeah. when you're in the public eye and you have been very professional here. But I also know the other side of you as well that's a little bit sloppy and I'm oh, I'm kind of <laughs> I, I wish we seen more of that side, but that's just a testament to how serious you take your job and all because you didn't let that side come out when you yeah, are well, professional. They said to Martin uh, before we came on, like there's probably I am quite uh private in the sense that you know, I don't do mad social media or anything like that, but there's probably two of me, you know, there's probably like, uh, maybe what you're talking about there, like mm -hmm. the way I am around my friends and stuff. And then obviously, you know, if you, if you work for a professional organization, then you've got to be professional. So, mm. uh, I don't know who's going to listen to this or how many people are going to listen to this. So six. Yeah. The, the, the truth <laughs> is we're all like that. Y'all have to behave yeah. a certain way and walk. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. The absolutely. trick with this is just forgetting that it's being watched and just talk shit with your yeah. mates, you know? Yeah. But um, but in general, I, I've you know I've been happy enough. Hopefully, hopefully someone listens. You're comfortable to it. anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, outside of the first couple of minutes, as I said, um, and that was always going to be the case, and that's why, uh, other than the fact that you asked me, that I said I've done it. Like I've done some some uh, little interviews. I actually recorded a podcast that never 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 made the the light of day uh, before, but it was different to this because it was through Zoom, um, mm. and I was just sitting at home, so it was a little bit it was a little bit odd. Um, who was that with? Do you mind me asking? Uh. What was it? Was a it was a football podcast. Uh, the podcast never took off. Uh, right. the, the the lad that was doing it was was just a a, a local lad. And he I'm had, looking for a replacement for Jay. So if he wants to, I'm not. Give, give I'm us not a don't even know. But, does, but it, it's saying that like, uh, uh, so I've 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 done that and I've 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 done some interviews and and stuff before. But like this for me, I seen it as right. Uh, as I said, I always tell people. Uh, you need to step outside of your comfort zone. That's where you grow. That's where you develop. So I've got to look at things for me and say right. When you asked me my first instinct would be to say no, because mm. I'm not comfortable doing that. Now, can I ask you a question, right? Because, obviously, we both know how things have gone in the past and all. Now, this isn't the personal shit I was talking about, but, obviously, we all know we've done vlogs, right? We all know how that went and whatever. When I asked you to do the podcast, was there a little bit of that, that kind of... Do you know what I mean? Oh, what's this? Is this another fucking... No, no. The Truthfully. No, because, like, I know, I know what the, the, the podcast... Uh, has been or has done already so I kind of I know the vibe of it um, and my only concern was that you would stitch me up some way shape or form which you did because one you told me it was going live a half an hour out I, I, I genuinely thought you knew that but go on and two you told me you'd send uh, I did I gave you the questions before we went live no 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 you said you, you'd send talking points yeah. those that I'd know which mm. we've just fucking we've just gone and talked for two hours about <laughs> god knows what you wish it was two hours, mate. We're looking at that in the rear view. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that would have been like that would have been my only concern. But the big thing would have been that you know, uh, I just want to do something that's outside of what I'm comfortable with. So right. Like so, I, so so after doing it, did it go how you thought it'd go? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. Okay. I thought, enough. I thought we. This would, feels I, like an after the podcast conversation. It does, yeah, look, yeah. Fuck it. Let's just run it. Like, there's only two. We're, we're finishing up now in a second. Then anyway, you have so. more questions out of the last out of that list. No, it's all done. Well, what do you think of the shootout? Yeah, it's cracker, isn't it? Yeah, very good. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Did, did you that one weekend? <laughs> did you expect it to be like this? Like when you walked in, did you? Well, I've kind of seen the stuff online and that. So 
Uh, but you're not liking it or sharing it. Why is that? You're a fan of the show. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> this I don't is the this it. is the part where you get one this wrong. Why aren't you sharing me shit? Now look, I, I understand, and the reason I'm asking you, Sparks, is because I know whether it be our group of friends or the group of friends that we were with once upon a time have a certain perspective of me and I think that that drowns out things like this that I'm doing now because of me past whether it be fucking the picking number the fucking Ireland's finest models or the, the vlogs this to me is the creme de la creme this is the winner so I kind of half wanted to bring you on as well to show you how serious this is and where it can go and hopefully after being on the show you can take it a bit more serious and whether like I don't know like from me me being with you around the boys you know yourself every time we go out with you now after what happened in the past I, it always comes up oh Garvey shouldn't have done that and I apologise for that like it's annoying and I've, I think I told you this at Mouse's one time but now I'm hoping that like the podcast is taken serious do you know what I mean because I think that through the conversations that we've had I think, including this one, I think it needs that respect to get to the next level. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're talking about, like we said, Jay, um, bringing more local people on. And I think we need people like you, being a strong person, personality in the group, to talk good about it. Do you know what I mean? So, did you have any of them feelings of what, what I'm talking about regarding the vlogs to this? Like, was there, like, for example, just be honest, was there any, like, oh, Sparky, you're going on the podcast and the WhatsApp? Was there anything like that? No, no, absolutely. That wasn't. I didn't well, tell. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I, to I hear didn't that. Really, didn't really tell anybody that was I was coming on it, other than. Uh, Have we seen that? Right. <laughs> I expected you to fucking share it when I announced the like. Is that because you were scared of it? No, it's just because I'm, I'm, I'm. But the, no, that that's what I'm asking. I'm like, yeah, is yeah. it because of how things have gone no. for me in the past that you were unsure? No, 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 and I you feel were like, like I'm in the middle of something here. I'm just gonna take. A yeah, I feel like <laughs> I feel like this whole thing was just a three-hour waste of our time. So Gary could get on Sparky about what his mates are saying about. No, I just want to. I I just I just want to know if hey, if, if that perception anyway. if the perception is still there. Do you know what I mean? And you know what perception I'm talking about. I. I couldn't tell you because I haven't spoke to anyone about it. That's being honest. I right. spoke to. Uh, well, for you, it's not. No. Okay, well, that's fair enough. No, absolutely not. No. Right. So we had a good time, and that's the podcast. Jay, thanks for coming. Any final words? No, happy to be here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fair play. Now you look at lying back in your seat. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you're fucking like you said out of your comfort zone at the start but fair play it was good and I think the reason like it went so long like obviously we have our uh, like our time limit that we usually like, yeah. shut off by but I think the fact that like normally with episodes we try and kind of like cater to everyone who's watching to try and make sure they enjoy it somehow I think this was just for lads enjoying a good conversation do you know what I mean I think that's why it went where it, does it went a, there's as a lot of good as points went. as well in it there you know what I mean mm. yeah but uh, and I think we, we all enjoyed it that's why it went as long as it went so yeah, unfortunately we kept you a little bit longer, but it was good. Thanks very much for coming on. Moria, you got your guest? Got me guest. Appreciate it, lads. Appreciate you coming on, Sparky, as well. Um, yeah, I, think you're I don't think well Sparky's well, seen your face once today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, I'm, I'm over here walking out. In fairness, the monitor is higher than what it normally is. I'm using one hand to hold me Nicky because I need to go to the toilet the last hour and a half. Jesus. Right, on that note, Sparky, and you want to touch on before we go? Anything you need to promote or any... No, God no. Listen over. <laughs> God no. Just no. get me out here. Don't no, follow listen. me on Twitter. I don't want to talk to you. Don't follow me on Instagram. I've, been, I've, been, I've enjoyed it and... Uh, 
as I said, uh, it, there was probably as much in it for me as there was for for you, because it's uh, I would see it as part of my development or whatever. So hopefully, uh, hopefully someone took something from it from the two and a half hours or whatever we've been. But no, generally I've I've, in, I've enjoyed it and appreciate the uh, the opportunity to come on and uh, with uh, expect an invite to the the wrestling one when that's happening. Yeah, no, me too. No, yeah. I'm still trying to get that. Trust me. Do you know what? He said that he wouldn't mind some little side shows. You come on with me and do it. Because yep. I need fucking someone. Stop him, Gabby. He's going to start talking about wrestling. <laughs> I know. Go. Martin, finish it up. Sparky, thanks again, lads. Thanks. It's been good. Take us out, Mulya. Thanks, lads.